Welcome to Moralia Python Radio with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. Now I don't. I'm live. You're live. All right. Well, um, <laughs> go with it. All right. Sure. Uh, welcome everybody to Morelli Python Radio. In case you haven't already noticed, four minutes in, we are having an extreme amount of technical difficulties. Uh, Eric is booting up, trying to get back in in a minute. Uh, and of course, now he's telling me to just kind of roll with it, where if you've listened to the show in the past, you know, that is probably the worst thing he could have possibly said. Uh, so what we have for everybody tonight is, of course, breeding episode headed into the breeding season because it is already October. Um, so uh, that is probably on the front of everybody's mind, especially everybody who listens to this show who does breed. Uh, and uh, we have a few requests from people who might be their first breeding season to kind of go over what we do, uh, how we go through it, what our suggestions of what we've learned through our breeding seasons, as well as what we've picked up from uh, guests of the show and stuff like that. So that's what we're going to do this episode. Uh, quick reminder to everybody, if uh, you haven't already done it, um, on the Morelia Pick of the Week, there is the calendar competition, which is up and running. Uh, if you want to go there and uh, submit the picture of your animal or an animal that you found in the wild, you can take that picture, submit it for the calendar competition. That will end on the 13th, so you pretty much have about 12 days. So don't, you know, dilly-dally, because um, there usually is always some person that, calls it like the 14th or the 15th and says like, oh man, I was really kind of hoping I would uh, submit this snake or that snake. So we've given you guys like 30 days. So definitely get in there and don't forget about that. So, um, and you will not win if you don't enter. So always enter something. Um, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, thank God. What the <laughs> hell? Jeez. Oh, Good Lord. Good. I was almost out of shit to say. So, <laughs> <laughs> right in time. All right. I was, I was well, really stretching that thing out. Really stretching that taffy. So. All right. Um, well, at least yeah. we uh, we apologize for the uh, technical difficulties, but uh, yeah, here we are. We, All right. It's been a while since we had some, so you know, might as well crop up sometime. Yeah. Holy hell. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> 
So, welcome to Morelia Python Radio. Too bad we can't edit it and go back and take that uh, huge chunk of nonsense out. But we'll, we'll that's put it on part the, of the... We'll put it on the chat and, or the post. We'll just say, everybody just skip the first, like, four, four minutes. minutes. Just, just <laughs> go to ahead. Just, after the intro, go four minutes in, because it's that dumb, all right? So, yeah. I don't know if it, I upgraded to Mojave today. I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Maybe on my Mac. I don't know. But it seems like the issue Let's was Let's just go with talk. that because then it's your fault. And then we can yeah. just all go forward. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Cool. Uh, yeah. So tonight we're talking breeding season, episode 6.0, uh, 2018. Um, breeding season. Um, but uh, before we do that, what's up, man? How you been? What's new? It's going all right. I'm getting uh, like, you know, we keep talking about breeding season like it's not like here. I, I, I flipped over the calendar to October and I'm like, crap. And I had to write down, you know, this will be when I put everybody together. This will be when I start dropping pairings. This will be when the bread line move out. And I'm like, holy crap, that's that's coming up quick. So uh, I even marked down yeah. the last feeding for the adults. And I'm like, now this week is a, you know, a, a, is, is a clusterfuck for me. And I think okay. next week is going to be a clusterfuck for you because my brother's getting married Saturday. And then next week, you guys are going out to Tinley. So it's like, this is all over the place. So, yeah, it, it, um, what it um, is. <laughs> yeah, uh, I am uh, excited about going to Tinley, actually. But, uh, you know. Sucks that you're not going, but uh, I know it's a little uh, bit dimmer now because I'm not going. You, you're it is. gonna have to suffer through. Through. I mean, you know. Yeah, there's like uh, <laughs> 27 people going to the Morelia dinner. <laughs> it's like holy what? shit. Yeah, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but that's what it seems like. It seems well, like. All right, all right, all right, hold on. Now, getting all the Morelia people in one room is like herding cats. So the Morelia yes. dinner will start at 27. And then maybe get down to about like fifteen. Like yeah. at, at some time, some people will all of a sudden disappear. So, right. but that's you awesome. Know. And I mean, you know, I I'm, I'm make you like Facetime me from like a tablet, <laughs> carrying me around with you. Yeah, so I can just be there. Yeah. Of course, I got uh, I got sick uh, this week. You know. Uh, <laughs> Which, you know, is right on time. It's usually this time of year. So I've been sick as a dog. Um, so if I'm coughing or nasally or whatever, that's that's what it is. So I apologize. But yeah, man, I can't believe that the breeding season is, is here. I'm I'm looking at green trees and they're breeding already. I'm like, you know, you know, freaking hell, dude. Like I still have babies that aren't eating properly. And I'm like, really? <laughs> really? <laughs> really? <laughs> like we're right here now. You know, yeah. and and uh, a bunch of my animals that went late, like you know my my Dominican boa, um, she hasn't right. put on all the weight that she lost after she had her babies, which means unfortunately that I will have to forego the attempts to breed boas this year. Uh, I'm broken up about it. <laughs> oh my goodness! What is the herp community gonna do? I don't know, <laughs> but but that's and um, for probably the past three, four years, I've uh, been raising up all these colubrids, and yes. now and now we're ready to roll. And I'm like, 
holy crap, like, I have to actually pay attention. It's not like, corn snakes, here you go, have fun, guys, I hope babies come. It's like, I need to actually, <laughs> like, pay attention to what's going on in that part of the room, so it's like, oh, shit. So before we get into that, like, so what are we talking yeah. about? What are we, what, what, what is this season going to bring that, you know, is new for you? Uh, speckled uh, Madagascan hogs, because I have an adult pair of those. Uh, blonde right. Madagascan hogs. Pause right there. Holding. <laughs> uh, have the, ha, what? I don't really know much about these. Have they been bred in yes. captivity? Are they somewhat easy to breed? Are they? I would Bowen love Python to give you the, I would love to give you the answers to all these questions. I did what we've told people to not do. I'm like, ooh, pretty snake, and I got it, and I'm like, I should really read into these. So, you know, it's one of those things where um, – Oh, so you're just throwing gel at the wall. Stop it. That's not, I don't even know why you're surprised. But um, <laughs> I would say that they probably have been bred – they've been bred in, in captivity. I know that much. And they've also – a lot of the babies that you see now are because of gravid mothers being brought over. Um, uh-huh. But these are not new species to hurt the culture. They're just new species because they're coming in a shit ton more because mm. of the lifted rules against Madagascar. Now, Madagascar did this years ago, and then they shut down, and then they reopened. And gotcha. I got mine because I'm pretty sure Madagascar is going to shut down again. Probably. You know, probably. It's a, it's a safe to hedge bet. So I know they've been produced. I don't know how difficult it is, and I'm going to find out pretty much firsthand how difficult it's going to be. Um, and I would also say that I have no idea how difficult it's going to be to get babies established. So there's a lot of things going on here, but, you know. So what's, what, what are you going to do? How are you going to do it? Are you going to, I'm going to put the boy in with the, I'm going to put the boy in oh. with the girl, and we're going to see how that goes. Um, okay. But no, it's, I'm definitely going to brumate him, but... Um, I mean, I, I, I might do something like I do with the bread lie where I allow their cage to get warmer during the day because mm-hmm. these things are not, you know, Madagascar is kind of a hotter place. If these were Eastern uh, hognose, I'd be like, you're going to be treated like a corn snake. Bye. I'll see you in three months. So, right. but like these guys, I might try to vary it a little bit and see what's up. Um, and we'll just kind of go from there. So I'm doing the speckled hogs and i'm doing the blonde hogs um my giants are nowhere near big enough but um i think it'll be kind of a nice thing to toy with because my blondes and my speckles are both adult um caught wild caught so okay it's kind of like i'll it's kind of like the same thing i kind of did with the white lips where i'll fuddle around with these guys as my younger ones grow up so I'll fuddle around with these guys, and if I get a clutch of speckles and I get a clutch of blondes, that's freaking awesome because then I'll know what to do when the giants are big enough. So, okay. Yeah. What um, else is on the list? Vietnamese as as blue beauties. Be- okay. Oh, Vietnamese blue beauties. Okay. Yeah. Um, Difficult to breed. Playing- hard to breed. Are they? I I I would I would have thought they would have been a little bit more difficult, but I saw I've I've been seeing a bunch of them up for sale recently, um, okay. that were from last year's babies. So and you know, uh, but they will say that they probably are. When I bought my guys, I bought them as babies uh, after we got back from um, Nerd that one time. Yep. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, like we saw the cage walls. I'm like, I want those, and there weren't any, so I'm like, I'll settle for these, and I love these. <laughs> so, yeah. um, the I would say that there have been less 
since I bought mine, I haven't seen like any except for like one or two adults, like lone adults. And then this past month, I saw like three or four people have babies for sale. So I don't know what the hell's going on with those guys, but they're probably one of my favorites that I want to see breed this year. So um, I, I would say that the Asian rat snakes are something new for me. Um, but from the people I've spoken to, uh, they might like it even cooler than say like a corn snake or a king snake where it just kind of, but same deal where it'll vary. And, you know, I have, I, I say like very, like I, I don't vary my corn snakes and my king snakes. They were all in the same rack as my bread lie. So their cages did get up into the eighties during the day and drop towards 60 at night. So, huh. It worked. So we'll see. Um, okay. But those I'm excited for. Uh, I was messing around with my female yesterday, and she's she, when she's in the tub, um, mm-hmm. underneath like a cork bark tube, she's right. very like unassuming. You're like you're like oh cool, and then you pick her up, and you realize that the snake just keeps coming. Like there just keeps being more snake, and all of a sudden you don't realize that she is close to six feet long, but as thin as like, we'll say a two year old male carpet. Like, I mean, she's, but like all coiled up, you would never know. Oh, wow. So yeah, they're awesome. I love them. So, um, we're going to give them a shot, which I'm excited for those. Uh, and then, uh, I have my pine snakes, mm-hmm. which Hard. I read bull snake. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, they're, they're Jersey pines. Like they're, People call them southern pines, but they're southern northern pines, I guess, because every time I say southern pines, people think I'm talking about Florida pines, and I'm not. So okay. I don't know. <laughs> so, um, but I've bred bull snakes before, um, so I imagine they're going to be the same way that that kind of rolls bull snakes and, uh, you know, uh, the 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 Texas rat snakes and stuff like that. So right, um, they'll be cool. Um, I have a really good looking pair. My female's got a ton of white on her. My male's got a ton of black. So I'm kind of hoping of a mix of the babies. Um, And they'll be the snakes that I'll put them together and I'll hear them like upstairs in my living room. Because when I did that with the bulls, like you hear them three, three, like three rooms away because they'll hiss and Mm -hmm. scream at each other and they'll just do that for hours. So, yeah. Okay, cool. So a lot of clue. Colubrids on the list. Colubrids. <laughs> yeah. Colubrids. Yeah. We got everybody of, saying mean, that now. <laughs> good. I mean, but it's like, uh, and I know that I'm excited this year, but like next year, you know, my rhino rats might be big enough next year, which, you know, <laughs> I've been waiting for them. <laughs> it's like, you know, that yeah. might happen. Um, and then we got a few other stuff going on. So, so. Okay, so that's your lineup as far as colubrids go. What about yep. uh, pythons? Well, there's. Are we talking Morelia or non? Just whatever. Okay. So, what the hell? What the Welcome hell? to Morelia Python Radio <laughs> with your hosts, Eric Burke and Owen McIntyre. I don't know, man. Good evening. 
Restart everything you heard. What the hell? All right. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, man. And it's weird because there's... nothing on the on the the studio thing is nothing played. Nothing. Well, nothing there was got two. Hit. There were two timers at one point where I'm sitting there. And it's like you know your show will start ah. in five minutes. Your show will start in two minutes. I'm like, what the hell does this mean? So block Which talk. I know Blog Talk doesn't know where it is, what it's doing, what time frame it is. So we're just going to let it roll. If the intro right. comes in one more time, ladies and gentlemen, if you're following with the NPR drinking game, that means you slam the bottle. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. I hope to God it doesn't happen again. Oh, yes. Wow. Anyway, okay. Um, <laughs> um, with the Python, it's like, you know, this year I did a lot of Exanic stuff, which is like this would figure – is the year that everything about how Exanic is treated or is genetically passed on comes into question. Therefore, you know, I'm sitting here going, I have a lot of caramel crossed with an Exanic. (laughs) And like nothing happens. So it's, you know, that's where we're at. So I'm kind of thinking about what I'm going to do for next year. um, Because I have more Exanic stuff planned. And this is actually. Now we're talking 2019. Like, when you yes. say next year, or you're talking 2020? I'm talking 2019. I'm talking. Okay. I'm talking gotcha. the one coming. Yeah. Gotcha. Because my uh, my Exanic Jag, which is actually the boy you just picked up, uh, it's his kid, I believe. I have to check with Nick, but they look too much alike. Um, yes. So he's ready to roll. Um, so I have a caramel Het Exanic that I got from Nick, mm-hmm. and she's ready to roll. Take the tag to the camera and do that. Okay. Um, and then I also have my super caramel, which is this will be her fir- third year breeding. I was going to take the exanic jag to her because then I'll get uh, the caramel het exanic cross to the exanic jag, and then I'll have exanic or caramel jags at exanic. So I'll get that. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. I have a few other things, which is like I have the the tiger pairing where I'm going to throw a classic um, Balin line tiger to a red just because I don't have a red male right now. So I was going to do that, get some tiger stuff. I have, um, you know, uh, my Lemke line stuff. I have my jungle stuff. I have zebra to zebra planned, which is a Balin zebra cross with a, uh, a headhunter zebra, which I guess would technically still be a Balin zebra. But, you know, um, and then, you know, that's pretty, and then a bunch of other coastal projects and stuff like that, you know, tiger here, uh, exanic stuff there. Uh, actually I have an exanic female that's old enough to breed that I was going to just make exanics, just screw it. We're done. Here you go. So, mm-hmm. um, and then I have the bread lie projects, which is your fault now that it's a actual thing instead of just look bread lie. Um, so <laughs> here's a stone washed. Have fun. Yeah, you bastard. <laughs> you <know>? so <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to sell this female. Here's a stone wash. Shit. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so I have a brittle, I have a male bread line going to a, a female bread line, straight, normal LASIK line. And then I have a LASIK line female going to the stone wash you gave me to make hats. So okay. there that is. Um, and then I think, like, you know, I, once again, like, I'm on the cusp of stuff where, like, I'm going to take my Lemke female coastal and I'm going to breed her to one of my classic tiger jags. Like, and I'm doing that for me. I don't give a shit what everybody else wants. <laughs> like, this is, right. I want to do this. <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> this is like if nobody people are like, oh, it's just a coastal. But yeah, but they're pretty. So that's <laughs> happening. But then like, dude, like next year, my Russian Reds will be ready to go. Um, I could breed the male now, but I don't want to mix him with anything else other than a Russian Red. So right. I'm holding off. Um, and then we have the other shit. Like my water pythons are going to go this year. And my male put on some nice size, even though he was eating nothing but live all this year. Because I would just go to reptile shows, buy like six mice and drop them in his cage. Because he's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> the worst decision he ever made. So... Um, <laughs> I've got the water pythons going. I have the olive pythons going. I'm going to mix it up and put the younger, smaller male in with the female once I figure out which one that is because it's hard to tell when they're around the same size and they're both olive pythons. So yeah. Um, yeah, I'll do that. And then um can't breed the Savus yet. They're not big enough. Uh, of course, we're going to try with the white lips again because – I'm a glutton for punishment, um, but I'm going to be a little gold? bit. Yes. Or, okay. They're gold. I'm going to be meaner to them this year because last year they kept messing around with the probe that was in there and their cage kept getting hotter than I wanted it to. So okay. it's like the probe has been replaced and completely tacked to like one side to where I want it. And it's all done up the right way where they can't totally screw with it. And I'm going to let their cage get a little bit, cooler um than i did last year we're going to give that a shot but they're still going to have the big mulched cage with the big water bin and they're going to get put together and hope to god nothing kills anybody and we're going to see how that goes so when you say cooler what do you mean what well i would try for well the thing is i left them in the room with the other pythons and Mm -hmm. you know i would let the the pythons in my room maybe get close to 70 when i drop and I want the white lips to go a little bit further and they're going to be on the bottom of the stack. And I'm kind of hoping that if I allow them at nighttime to kind of their, their cage, if I let it set to go further, maybe to like 65, 67, something like that. I want to get them below 70 is what I'm going to try to do. Okay. Is that work for other people or is that just something that you're going to, it's something Chris and I have been kind of going back and forth with because he has that trio of captives born and bred golds. And he was kind of, he's on the, he's right on the edge of them being big enough and old enough to breed. Um, and he was kind of messing around with them because he was messing around with his scrubs and stuff. And he dropped them down past 70 into the sixties, high sixties. And they were still like food. So that kind of shows me they can tolerate a lot before that food trigger turns off. So I'm thinking I might want to just kind of get them a little bit lower. I will, like I said, allow them to kind of come up during the day into the eighties. So, okay. We'll see. All right. What about Ruffy? Not yet. Next year. No. 2020. Females, females looking perfect though she's on uh medium rats small to medium rats and then the male is like i like i like mice so you know i get him the biggest mice possible and he did just take a a weanling rat so i'm hoping that he'll catch up if not 
uh, he'll just be a little bit smaller. Doesn't, like it doesn't matter. He's a boy, so right. screw you, whatever. <laughs> so, um, but that'll probably be next year as well. So it'll be like Russians next year, Rhino Rattlesnakes next year, Ruffies next year, um, maybe uh, Maclots if I can get the female that I have up the size by next year. Uh, maybe. Uh, no, not Timors. Forget I said that. Um, so, <laughs> no, no, not them. Not at all. Um, so, you know, it'll be like that, you know, and uh, we'll see. You know, I, who who the hell knows what else I'm going to add in here during the off season? I mean, I wasn't right. supposed to have Madagascan hogs ready to go, and pff, that happened. There they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean – so we're talking breeding season, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, one of the things that I do is I sort of have a rough outline of in a perfect world, what would happen mm. year by year. Um, and, you know, that way I try to, it tries to keep me on point with making sure that the animals that I want to get to a certain size for breeding um, that I get them on target. Uh, mm. For that three years for a female, you know, two years for a male. I, I've done it younger, but, you know, I'm just saying on average, you know, um, males, you can't hurt a male by breeding them early. The worst thing yeah. that can happen is they don't breed, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I've bred males as small as 500 grams um, and not for anything other than to see if they would do it. That's it. Yeah. Really, you know, I mean, it wasn't like I was you know, uh, trying to push them or anything like that. I just wanted to see if anything, I slow grow the shit out of my stuff, but, uh, well, I mean, to be, to be honest, it's probably easier to get, uh, a breeding, you know, a breeding out of a younger, thinner male than your fat old 20 year old, you know? Yeah. I, I, I like to keep my males, uh, small, um, mm-hmm. and judging by the, I, I recently got an exanic, bre- uh, one of Nick's, basically one of his, uh, proven breeders that he's used, like Owen was talking about earlier. It's probably the sire to the exanic stuff that he's got, but, um, he could easily fit in a 28 court without, out Holy an issue. well, I mean, it's I small. Mean- I mean, well, dude, that's the thing is like, I'm looking at boys and girls now and I'm calling them next year, but I bet you I could breed them this year, but I'd get like three eggs. So, or I don't know, I I feel better waiting till next year. And, you know, it's like you're on the fence and then you breed it. And then the year after you breed it, when you're on the fence about it, it's like it matures that year. Like I... I was on the fence yeah. about breeding my 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 pure exan- my my straight up exanic male, not the jack. Just I was on the fence about him. I tried breeding him, he didn't go. Tried breeding uh-huh. him again, still on the fence about him. Locked up the female. That's how I got my first clutch from him last year. And then like between last year and this year, he he got that mature male head. He got yep. he thicked out. He got big. He got like and I'm like damn, but he's still living in a 41 court. And I'm like you don't get any bigger. Like you're not right. getting any like bigger rats. You're getting stuck on. I'm not going above medium to large rats. Like right in that like medium like the medium large rats. That's as big as I ever want to go food wise anymore with myself. Yeah, Girls my my boys. adult 
my adult females, like the biggest I feed is medium rats. Um, yeah. Every once in a while, I may throw in like, you know, uh, you know, a quail or something like mm-hmm. that, you know, um, which I guess is basically the same size as, you know what I mean? Like it, it just, yeah. it looks bigger, but I would think it's probably caloric wise. It's probably about the same or maybe there are a lot of feathers. A lower. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you pulled them all off, you would pulled uh, all the feathers. You'd probably be the yeah. same, but you know, it's, it, it, it's better that way. And then, you know, it's like, cause I have carpet pythons that eat large rats and mm-hmm. first off, it's expensive as hell. They're huge. And, you know, it's, it, they're probably not going to live as long as the ones that I've kept somewhat smaller. Yeah, so. I wonder, you know, I was talking to Nick about this uh, a couple mm. weeks ago, and he was telling me about an animal that he had that, you know, was super lean and he thought was in really great shape and whatever, you know, and, and basically he was saying that um, the, she died and he, you know, mm. he did a, uh, a bit, for lack of a better word, cut her open to see what was going on. Um, and he was surprised at the amount of fat that she had on yeah. her. Even even with being a very lean snake. So, it, you know, we were just going back and forth and talking like maybe, you know, we're growing them up. Way, maybe they're supposed to be five years until they breed. You know what I mean? Like maybe we're growing yeah. them up way too quick. You know, um, I don't know. I, <laughs> I tend to err on the side of underfeeding rather than uh, overfeeding. Well, and I get it. Like a lot of people, you know, they want to breed. They want to get the, their projects done. And, you know, it's uh, time. And, you know, that's years that you could be waiting for a breeding project. And it kind of changes the uh, – I don't know why, but like people, you know, I think that's why only a certain group of people are able to work with chondros or scrubs mm. or bolands mm. or, or animals that take a long or diamonds uh, take mm. a long time to mature because, you know, you're looking at, you know, with diamond pythons, what, five years for a female, you know, that's a long yeah. time to, to grow up a female. I mean, you really have to be, uh, yeah you have to you have to want to keep that animal and not just really do it for monetary gain or something like that um and that's the thing and as i understand that people want they want to have your breeding project succeed and you want to breed and you want to see this stuff come to fruition and i understand that but i fed up animals like crazy and they got huge and i have about three of my original pythons all of whom are turning 10 this year and next year, but that's it. Like, you know, all my other guys have had issues, egg binding, that thing, that thing, that thing. So I'd rather have the animal than the eggs. So I'm not going to allow my pythons that I'm raising up now or that I'm breeding now get to that point because I'd rather keep them for a number of years and get eggs out of them for a number of years and, do all this other stuff rather than just get like, and, and plus, you know, dude, like we all talk about how, how I had clutches of 30 and 60 and crap or 30 and 52 and crap like that. But, uh-huh. you know, I don't, I don't really want to do that anymore. I'd rather do what you did and get like five females to lay like 
10 to 15 eggs and be like, cool, here's the 15 of those and move on. Like, you know, I don't right. need 30 something caramels anymore. No. So <laughs> it was ridiculous. No. So yeah. it, it kind of just goes by that, you know, and I have um, Venus and I have Trinity and I have Talon. Those are my big 10 year old animals and stuff like that. And they're, Venus is pretty much retired because she tried to kill herself. Talon will still breed anything that I put in front of him, but he's getting old and kind of lumpy and weird looking. Um, and then uh, Trinity's just kind of there. So it's like, I don't really think of them as the breeding stock. They're just there. So it, it's one of those things too, where I'd rather have somebody in the rotation for longer. So, right. So yeah. what I do so, like I was saying, I kind of have things mapped out and come, I mean, we've talked about this, but I'm going to go over it again for people that may be new to the show or, you know, whatever. Um, so I call it preseason um, and preseason for me usually begins around maybe July, July, August. Um, and what I start to do is I, I, I just start to look at the, you know, the females I see. You know, if it's if it's a female that I'm going to breed back to back years, I see how she's progressing along. Did she put the mm-hmm. weight back on? How's she looking? You know, um, et cetera, et cetera. Especially if it's uh, a female that did maternal incubation. Personally, I don't like to breed a female after she did maternal incubation, but mm-hmm. there are people that do that and they do get that animal back to where she needs to be in order to produce again. Um, I just think it takes so much out of them um, that they need that, that, that season off to sort of recuperate. And I would be, I would, I would get a venture to guess that that's probably what happens in the wild. I don't think that they breed every year. I think it's probably every couple of years. Um, I would agree. And we're talking carpets, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, so, so that's sort of what I do. And I, I look at them and I, I sort of gauge, you know, looking at my, my outline that I did of what I wanted in a perfect world, what I expected to breed in 2019. Mm-hmm. And then I start putting the food to them. Um, so basically uh, for me, for a female, um, my adults, maybe every three weeks, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks, not really a regimented system, but I, what I do in July, I start feeding them every week and mm-hmm. I feed them a smaller meal. Um, typically I would go, uh, like I said, I would be feeding them a medium rat. You know, I, some, I try to get those, uh, luckily for me, I have a, a personal rodent breeder and like, you know, I can kind of pick out the sizes I want. Sort of gives me a, in between a small and a medium size rat. Um, mm-hmm. and that's what I kind of go with them, feeding them every week, you know, and, and, and they explode. They, they know it's time. They're like turned on. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with, I do that for everything that's in my collection from when it's a yearling. Like I don't change the way that I keep them because they all of a sudden become an adult. The problem with that is that it takes a long time for me to grow stuff up. But I found that with that experience, with, with that, I, they're just ready to go. They're already dialed in. There's no, they know, okay, it's, it's coming. Like cool down is coming because this trigger happened. And uh, we talked about, uh, you know, many times with many different breeders on the show that 
there's not necessarily one set trigger. It's just mm-hmm. you hitting those triggers consistently so that those animals know it's time. I think a lot of it has to do with the weather outside uh, as far as, you know, uh, pressure fronts and stuff like that moving in, which we'll get into as we go. But basically at this time of the year, that's what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I'm loading them up with food. Males I go every two weeks where they would go probably once a month. Um, mm. Same thing. They're getting a medium size uh, rat once a month. Um, and then I used to do it to where I would start to breed at the end of October. But I've since, I guess it's uh global warming or whatever you want to call it. Uh, <laughs> Right, when there's no point in putting them together in October. When it's 80 degrees it's in 80 degrees. <laughs> uh, you're not which, really working which, with the weather uh, outside. The so weekend, what I, yeah. Over the weekend when it got cold, did you yes. see anything with your pythons? You, you did? Yeah, yeah. You could tell that they they knew something was Something changed. was up, yeah. My yes. white lips were going crazy. My womas were going crazy. Like, we're talking like the womas – crinkled up all the paper in their freaking uh, cages because they were just ripping at the doors. Now, I have a theory when it comes to scrubs, bolens, um, some of the more difficult pythons to breed. Put them in the garage? I agree. In sweater boxes. That's how it gets done. (laughs) No. What I was thinking is is that I think that maybe, and Mm -hmm. I talked to Keith about this, and I think he mentioned Mm -hmm. it on the show last week, is that he's he's doing it this year is that he's breeding outside of the normal quote unquote python breeding time uh and we're talking python breeding time in the US right so i right. guess it would be US and UK northeast uh, northern hemisphere I mean, northern yeah, hemisphere let's say Keith is in New York you and I are in Pennsylvania so this really is right. just northeast united states how we do it so right so yeah. my thought is is that maybe we're waiting too long cuz you know it's kind of like, uh, you know, diamond pythons and bread lie and inlands. It's very specific when they're breeding, right? You can't breed them in the winter. Correct. You have to breed them in the spring. And if you breed them in the, with the winter, you're not going to be successful. You'll probably see locks. Maybe you'll get, you know, uh, some, some action that way. But the female is not going to ovulate. Or well, when she does ovulate, she, she's either, you know, not going to have the – the male's not going to be – uh, and there for you her, might take them out. You know I mean? yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Well, let me put it this way: I've seen bread lie locks in January, but eggs don't hatch till like you know August. So it what it can't possibly have been the locks I see in January. So 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 I was thinking even some more is that with yes. poplin carpet pythons, the the first mm. to breed, very little yes. you have to do with them in order to get them to go as far as temp- temperature. <laughs> yeah, as far as temperature ma- manipulation, right? They right. don't require 70 degrees. You could probably drop them to 78. I think I think that they just respond to the change in the weather outside. I, I think agree. that they just somehow know that the air has changed. You can just feel it feels different. Like I can feel it. I don't know. Like maybe people in, in different, um, you know, uh, what would you call that? Uh, I'm, I'm at a loss for words. Like in a different climate. Uh, oh yeah, okay. Him, <laughs> you know, like climate, climate patterns. Climate that they, yeah, 
they yeah. don't notice that. But you can feel like when you know when it's fifty degrees in the morning when you wake up and I'm going to work, you can feel the difference. And it's not just well, the temperature because it's not necessarily cold, but it just feels right. different. And I think that they respond well, to that. I would agree, and I would say that you know even the slightest little change because like I said, they all know like like you were talking about earlier, they know when season's coming because. Yeah. They know that the starve is on soon where I'm like going to be like, all right, listen, no more rats for anybody. And everyone's hyped. This is, this is the time where if you get bit by somebody, they're, they're going to make you pay. So yeah, it's going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, this is, this is the moment where you really don't want to take a double, like a, a, a stutter step towards something. So, but I do want to get my white lips paired earlier because if we go by what happened last year, I put them together and they kind of cuddled up with each other and they kind of canoodled with each other and they kind of de- like kind of dealt with each other. Right. Until maybe about, um, we'll say April. And then it was get this, the thing at the hell out of my territory. So right. and that's when I was telling you, like I had to separate them because they were biting each other and they really wanted to eat and, he moved and she nailed him and it's like all that kind of stuff. So it's almost like there's a time bomb to them where it's like after a certain point, they're not going to tolerate to each, each other anymore. So, yeah. So I think for me, anything that's like that Indonesian, um, you know, I, I just, cause I see Condros breeding now. Like I, I went yeah. on uh, the MVF Facebook page and, you know, it's just like one after the other, after the other breeding seasons here, breeding seasons here, breed, you see locked, they're locked up. So I think for me with, when it comes to like breeding scrubs, I'm going to try to go early. Right. And see what happens. But that's just something that I was thinking about. That would be my approach. But you know, those are things you have to think about as the, as the season comes up. So, uh, one exciting thing, and this is just on a totally different um, tangent, is that yeah. in 2020, I uh-huh. will possibly have the ability to breed every species of carpet except imbricata. <laughs> <laughs> That's just the sliding the dagger right between your ribs, isn't it? It's yeah. Like it's just- so right I could there. produce Poplin carpets, the Nova Guinea carpets, Darwins, Cape Yorks, Jungles, Coastals, Brisbane's, Diamonds, Centralians, and Inlands. All in that. All right. Twenty twenty. I'm going to want the Brisbane's, so write me down for that. <laughs> um, I, 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 I'll let you argue with me about Inlands, and you might win. So, uh, but then, and then we'll see about everything else. So let's just go with yeah. that. So, um, that's awesome, and. You know, I it, uh, no, I'm not going to talk about that on air. I won't talk about how you ruined me. So, you know, we'll uh, I'm waiting for those. You know what I'm talking about. Nobody else needs yeah. to know. Oh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Thank you. I got you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh-huh. My hidden project. No one will need to know about it. Anyway, <laughs> but, um, but no, that's awesome. And that's something you can build towards. But, you know, Think about it this way. If you had fed like some of the other people we know, um, would you have reached this like three years ago? Um, maybe not three years ago. Um, maybe, maybe 2019, you know, mm. uh, maybe for some, well, inlands. Yeah, definitely. I would have got there a couple of years <laughs> ago. Uh, yeah, but it's, it's I've had them for a while this way. It's better this I, way. Cause I like I said, so. 
Well, like we said, you're going to get, like, what, 15 eggs of Inlands? Oh, my God, 15 Inland eggs. You don't have to worry about 28 Inlands. You only got to worry about, like, you know, these. So, right. yeah. It, no, it makes so much more sense to do it this way. I thought for a minute there you were going to be like, I thought for a minute there you were going to say, like, breed every single species of python. I'd be like, Jesus oh, hell Christ, no. what the hell did I miss? No, <laughs> this, no, no, no. I have no. not been paying attention on this show. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, just carpet. Well, next year, well, 2020, I could breed like maybe, I don't know, probably Sri, Sri Lankans, um, stuff like that, but People maybe Afrox. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, and that, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, water python. Yeah, all those weird ones, ring python, stuff like that. That'll be probably 2020, which will be kind of crazy because I, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't know how to juggle that. And that's, that's sort of what I look at the preseason for. I try to figure out like what, what to me is the priority and mm-hmm. what is the, you know, the B project or, 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 uh, you know, something well, that I'm not as excited about. Um, let me, let me put that towards you. What would, do you have a, a female right now that you're on the fence about going this year that went last year? Uh, yeah. One of my, uh, popping carpets. What are you thinking? Uh, well, she did. I, I'm back. I was back and forth on whether or not I was going to breed her or not. Um, yeah. And her size is okay, but she, like I said, she did maternal incubation, so it's kind of like, do I just want to have her best. sit this season out? I don't really have to breed her. It's not like it's a mm-hmm. a priority project or anything like that. But you know, it's it's so I pro- probably more than likely I'm not. I won't I won't breed her. But I am on the same thing. But I have my super caramel female. Two years in a row, she went. Um, and she had a good clutch of 13, which her first clutch, only four made it, like, because she had a bunch of slugs. So she had a great, perfect 13 babies. Uh-huh. Um, and she gained a lot of her weight back, but she's not where I really want her to be. Like, she's not, she, she I would like her to have gained more. Um, so I might sit her. Yeah, you know, I've, the, over the over what I've been breeding now for what maybe seven years something like that eight I don't even know mm-hmm. but anyway um, the couple times that I had egg binding issues just just that I learned that it's not worth no I err on the side of caution you know yeah. um, and you know a lot of people will say you'll hear the question like well how big does the carpet have to be or how big does you know just the python have to be uh, for me, what I look at is their head. Um, mm-hmm. There's a difference between an adult carpet head and an um, uh, immature carpet head. Um, if you know somebody that has adult carpets, just look at Don't that. Don't look it at gets them. Beefy, yeah. <laughs> it gets chunky. Or even just pictures online, you can see it. Um, you can see there's there's just a difference. It's like their face fills out or something. And it, I, to me, it has nothing to do with weight. I go no. more by age. So I look at three years and if, you know, some people breed at two, two and a half, I try mm-hmm. to push it that extra season It has been done. I have done it in the past. Um, but my first year breeding, I was, I was going with two year old females and 
um, I didn't have any success. So I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm just going to wait the three years. And after talking to everybody and you and everybody else that was breeding at the time, that sort of became the norm. So, I mean, with any normal feeding regimen, three years for a female is, is really going to get you to where you need to be. Um, it will. As maturity. I, I like to wait to four. Like I really do. Cause I think, yeah. I think three years, give it a shot, but then don't be upset if it doesn't happen and then give it a real try at four. I mean, yeah. I've had a lot of success with that. I mean, sometimes to the point where I'm like, oh, you're four years old, but you don't really look like a mature carpet. I'll give you a shot. Holy crap, there are 15 <laughs> eggs underneath you. Like, it's, <laughs> sometimes sometimes that Dude, happens isn't that too. Co- so isn't that the coolest thing when you come in and you see them? Like, there's definitely a look. Beehive. That, again, oh. that beehive look. <laughs> That you know that there's eggs underneath that girl. That is like, my favorite part of the it. year. You're just it's like, so, oh, such my favorite part of the year. Because yes. like, it's like, dude, in the morning I wake up and I go downstairs and I turn on the the fan that goes on in the room uh, in the snake room while I'm gone. All the lights are automated, so the lights are already on. Uh, then I go to the side room where I keep the colubrids. Um, their light isn't automated, so I turn their light on and I kind of do a little walk around the room. This is like. And that's it, whatever. Like, some of them are looking at me, some of them are hiding. It's whatever. It's cool. I like doing that. But when it's, like, egg time, it's like I have post-it notes on the cages of the females that are going to drop. So it's like my morning routine now comes. I need to get downstairs, and I need to see if there are eggs. (laughs) Like, you know, and that's just like, like you open it up and, like, let's say Monday, she's staring. Like, you open up the bin, she's staring at you. Tuesday, you open the bin, she's belly up but still staring at you. Wednesday, same thing. And you're like, all right, well, Thursday, I'm kind of running around a little bit, you know, but I'm definitely going to go double check because then I got to get out the door. That's when she's coiled around a big group of eggs. It's just it's your whole day. It's like, just yes. Happy. So, yeah. um, but <laughs> like, yes. Yes. It's like that. And that's just awesome. So, you know, it, I, I definitely love that part of it. Um, and uh, it, it just, it's very cool to get to, but I would be equally parts devastated if I rushed it and something bad happened. So, yeah. So I did that with um, Molly Ringwald who will be Mm. breeding this year. Um, I kind of like, she could have probably went last year, but I just sat on the fence with her because I was just like, "Eh, I don't know. So I, I, I held out, but, uh, so she's going to be breeding V this year, and I would imagine that I'm going to make some that. ridiculous. No, 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 no. This is going to get said right now. You call me when they hatch because I'm going to yeah. come over there and pick out the pair I want. Because you know I've wanted this pair since. That's a problem when you have friends in the breeding. You're like, where the hell is V, and why hasn't he been breeding with shit? It's like you yeah. know that's like <laughs> since. You made me pick him up for you at White Plains. I'm like, where the hell is this snake? Right. Well, see, that's another thing. Like, that's another thing that I would say. Again, just, you know, think about your pairings. Don't just get at one snake and then you're like, and we've all done this. I know I've I've done this. I know people have done this. It's like you're at a reptile show. You see this. You're like, I'm just going to pick this up because it looks cool. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. You know. Um, there have been times where I did work around uh, a project around that because I was, you know, but then you might have to wait till you find that right, yeah. right animal. Um, so for people that don't know, uh, V and Molly Ringwald are red uh, coastals. 
Uh, Molly Ringwald like, was produced yeah. by Jason Balin, and that's his like red, red, like crazy red. He, he wants, line. he wanted her back. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know. He did. Oh yeah. Um, oh. And V was a red jag that was produced by Luke Snell, um, which I remember when he produced Reds. And if you have ever, if you haven't ever seen like a baby red carpet, they're insane. They're, oh they're my gorgeous. god, they're just amazing and they do i mean they well the, and that's the thing is ones that, that have been selectively bred and they're better they seem to sort of uh you know keep that yeah somewhat like the color seems to stay a little bit longer but that was years um, worth of work we're talking yes. like the reds you see now are six or seven generations of breeding the reddest animals together so, like, reds you see yeah. now, and people are like, mm, it's an ugly red. I'm like, go to hell. <laughs> like, <you> know, this <laughs> is... <laughs> I would have beaten a man with a stick for this red. Like, you know, and that's the thing is, is that with Molly, she was great. And she would have been plugged into Jason's projects. Um, and yes. you got her through Zach and I think by throwing a chondro at him. Um, yes. And Chiquita. then V... <laughs> Jakita. Yeah, V V is on the same thing of he's got that nice red color. But the reason I love V is because he has that very nice bone tiger jag kind of pattern or color too. And he's also got very limited pattern. So like he would plug right in with my Tiger Jag project. So, you know, I've been like waiting for the day where you're like, meh. I think V might not fit anymore because then I'll just burst through your wall. But, oh, you know, no. it's. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, luckily for you, that will never happen. Uh, yeah. So. That will not happen. Um, so, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm trying to. Lisa's asking for a picture of. Uh, picture of Molly. Of yeah, Molly, and uh, I'll throw V up there, too. So and the other thing cool. is that, like, Balin's. Like, I, I picked up uh, Grom, who is my male red tiger that I'm raising up. Um, I picked him up from Balin last year because the red tigers that Balin produced last year compared to the red tigers that I bought in like 2011, it's like, (laughs) holy freaking, like, you know, nowhere near each other. So it's like, I had to, I had to buy back in because I didn't pay attention to my tigers too much. I didn't hold anything back. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, all right. Shit. You got Bali? So, All right. Well, no, but so that's the thing where it's like a, a lot of times you can build projects and you can, and it just, I would recommend do what you want to do and chase whatever project you want to chase, you know, but don't, I, I would say don't get fed up and because you don't get the quick reward. You know, it's the, I would love to produce white lips, would love to produce white lips. Every year I'm going to try, but I'm not going to ditch my pair because this is like the fifth or sixth year that they haven't done anything for me. I think that's where a lot of these things fall by the wayside is people get frustrated. They realize how much money they spent. They don't get the babies and they bail. Right. I agree. That's that's shitty. Oh, you sent a picture or you sent several pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Now I'm trying to find... uh... Ah, oh, so pretty. <laughs> Zach takes I'll better just... pictures than you. <laughs> but it's the uh, huh. um, yeah, nah, she's gorgeous. And like I said, yeah, she, would, she that red color was not on any of the other reds at that time. That is like 
she was the best red for a while. I mean, probably still is. Jesus Christ. Yeah, everybody busted my stones because I I've told this story before, but um I basically had a Bioc that I got, uh, Bioc Chondra that I got at the very first Carpet Fest. Um, <laughs> That's the picture and, that comes up on my phone when you call. It's you staring <laughs> at the Bioc Chondra in this plastic yeah. container, like with this look on your face of, do I, did I really just buy this? It's like, that's, that's the right. picture that comes up on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, so I got this Chondro and turns out that, um, you know, Buddy was really upset that he sold it because the thing never turned. It had like three green scales on it. Um, yes. And uh, she she was a smoking. Oh, she was gorgeous. Her, that's for sure. Oh, uh, she was pretty. But and she Zach did the thing, really like, wanted to. We talked to... about this. We talked about this a few a few episodes ago. She did the thing where she stayed mostly yellow and then got a few green things on her, and that was just gorgeous. So right. Yeah. yeah so. Um, Oh, here's the pairing. Here's the picture I was looking for. Um, so, yeah, I got V and Molly together. Me and Zach took that picture a long time ago. <laughs> Eons ago. Yeah. So, so anyway, yeah. Zach really wanted um, – that's the pairing. So, Zach really wanted um, a Chondro, and I really wanted that Mo- Molly Ringwald. So – we traded, and everybody thought I was crazy because they're like, "What are you doing? That Condro is sick and crazy." Oh, no, man, I I made nah, the right nah, choice. No, no, dude, you did. <laughs> you really did. I re- and I remember because like, I went up the White Plains, and you were like, "You got to pick up a snake from Luke for me." I'm like, "Yeah, sure, all right, whatever." And Luke's like, "You ready for this?" I'm like, "Yeah, whatever." It's a it's a red. It's a holy shit. <laughs> like you know, yeah. he pulls him out. He's in his little deli cup. It's me, Balin. Um, I think Mike Curtin and all three of us were like grabbing at this cup and Luke's like, yeah. you have to give it to Eric. I'm like, mm-hmm. forget that guy, Eric who like, you know, this is like, <laughs> Oh, so yeah, I've, I've been, I, and that's the thing is like, you know, this is a pairing where it's like, it, they're reds and it's going to be a red Jag. Eh. Like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like they're going to be phenomenal. And number two, I've been waiting for this pair for a goddamn year. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm getting in there. It's like, yeah. So that's one that I'm excited about this upcoming season. But yeah. again, that's one that, you know, like that's a very specific pairing. So I guess what I'm saying is, is like, because I had V before I had Molly, it just made sense for me that I would have, you know, um, I would have them that because to me, I mean, you can't get any better than that pairing. I mean, that's just where it's at mm. as far as tiger Jags go and red. So, um, so yeah, dude. yeah. Um, so yeah, so basically from there, uh, you know, um, we just kind of, uh, ha there goes Zach. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> he wouldn't, he knows the story. It's okay. So, yeah. Right. So what I basically do, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Zach. Um, so what I do is, uh, I wait till October, and what I do right. is I stop feeding altogether. And basically, yes. you do the same thing, Owen. And what I do is yes. I allow them to empty out. I take them a month, they empty out, and I don't do anything with the temperatures. I don't do anything uh, out of the norm. Light cycles stay the same. Everything is the same uh, except for 
um, I just don't feed, which is a great time of year because maintenance is super easy. <laughs> it's just changing the leave. Maybe the first two weeks you're you're cleaning up, and then after that, that's it, man. It's 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 game over. And I I, um, I find for those first two weeks you're cleaning more because they're ripping around yeah. the cage, like just pissed and hungry and whatever, and they're crapping and like getting all overwear. So it's like you're cleaning more, but then after that. You're on like easy street coasting. Like it's there's, there's you got to change their water and then that's it. So yeah, yep. So then, um, uh, so once I like I said, I used to start that empty out October first, and then mm-hmm. you know there's no uh, point. No, no, no. no I'm sorry. November. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I used to start it. I used to start the empty out in November, but what I do right. is I wait till the end of November. And I start that emptying out, let them, let them get everything out of the system in December. So that's when that goes. Uh, So December is the month where everybody's not eating. They're chilling. The temperatures are coming down outside. um, And I don't do any manipulation of my temperatures for the whole month of December. Whatever. Now I turn my room heat off at night all the time, all year long. There's no heat in my room at night at all. Everything is okay. 100% off. Um, so the room does drop. It has to. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, if it's getting uh, I mean, cold yeah, outside, yeah. it does. I think where people often have trouble with this and where they run into respiratory infections and stuff is that once they start to cool down, they do not warm up during the day. You have to warm the snakes up you during do. the day. Where you want to get cold is overnight. The easiest yes. way to do it, depending on where you're from, if you're on the uh, if you're in the Northeast, just turn the heat off. Your room will get cold. You know, you you you're really looking like to gradually lower those temperatures over the next over you know that that month, maybe a couple degrees every week. You know, on the temperature that I'm shooting for, and we're talking uh, popcorn carpets, we're talking jungles, we're talking coastals, we're talking Darwins, we're talking uh, I'd never bred inlands or diamonds, but diamonds are definitely different. Bread lie is definitely mm-hmm. different. Mm-hmm. Um, but the bottom temperature that I'm shooting for when it's at the coldest is 70 degrees at night. Now, maybe Agreed. it's going to be 68. Maybe it'll be 71. I'm not paying attention to that. But that getting meticulous. close. Yeah. But well, in that in that range is where I'm shooting for. I will say that I do it a little bit different, but it's the same skeleton like same bones i don't turn the heat off on my room but i will lower the heat to um i try to keep my room 70 degrees from the starve all the way through breeding season but then their individual cages i will allow to heat up or cool down to 70 degrees during the nighttime so they all have individual heat panels and every single cage is run by a herpstat which I have programmed to do what's called a ramping down or a ramping up. So after uh, eight o'clock at night, it starts to, I'm sorry, or after six o'clock at night, it starts to ramp down to allowing the cage to get to 70 degrees. Like you said, maybe it gets to, you know, 71, maybe it gets to like 68, whatever it gets down there. Um, right. And it takes about four. It, I started to do it gradually because it depends on how many degrees we're going down. But eventually, 
at, at its peak, it will take an hour and 45 minutes to ramp all the way down to um, 70 degrees. And I think that's like, you know, imagine it's like sunset going down and then it's cooler and all that. Yeah. And then it'll stay at 70 until 6 a.m. And then it will ramp back up. And that's where everything's at. So the room stays 70 because I do have some babies and stuff because I don't put my entire collection through hibernation winter like you do. So I, do, yeah. I know. So I have certain things that I don't let drop. Um, so I don't kill the heat in my room. I kind of use it as like a, a buffer as I don't allow them to go below this point. So now that that'll just show you that there's two trains of thought and there's two ways it you still can go freaking works <laughs> and it still works. So I think the secret to the whole thing is, is that whatever you do, stick to it, figure out what works in your room, figure out what works for your animals, figure out like by watching them, by paying attention, student of the serpent, all that stuff. And you'll be able to tell what's going on. Here is right. a, telltale sign that the breeding season is here look at your males your males will be cruising the cage non-stop when if that, it's if that lazy breed. male that usually sits in the back of the cage is up front and center it's time to get going because he's yes. like yo what's up but um and i would say the other thing is that no matter what you do be consistent you know yes. if if you do it one year and it works do it again the next year. You yes. can tweak and you can change and you can alter things like, you know, I'm going to alter one pair because it didn't work for them the, last year. That's okay. I'm not right. about to drastically change how I'm going to do it, you know, the following year because that's where you have problems. That's where you mess it up. That's where animals aren't okay with it. I would say that your approach is fantastic because you're raising up babies that are ready to roll and they've been through this from birth. Like they know yes. the, the what's going on, you know, and I would say mine's good because I have more food in my guys by the time and they're a little bit bigger by the time they go down for their first initial winter. So it's not as hard on them. So it, it there are pros and cons for everything. But yeah. if I were to take my entire collection and drop it like this year. The babies that I raised from last year would be like, "What hell is this?" And they wouldn't be okay because they're yeah. tiny. So they figure it out. <laughs> they would. Few would fall by the wayside, but yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where. Well, the know, one I, thing I say, stick to it. The one thing I do notice is like once I warm back up, there is nothing that will not feed. Nope. <laughs> like there, there nope. is nothing. So. um I don't feed basically from oh, now picks. Yeah, they're old no. picks. I don't have now picks. Well, the top they one didn't is change that now. much. They, they look didn't the same that much. Yeah, the B has a little bit more black scales, but that's yeah, easy. a little it. bit. Yeah, he grew um, up. That's pretty much all you got to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this year, but since they're breeding, I take their um, uh, they're like oh, their the breeding shots. <laughs> Yeah, I take the lineage shot, so I'll have them uh, this year of what they look like now. Um, Their official headshot, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the headshots of the animal, you know. Um, But uh, I think uh, a couple things I want to say about, you know, what I do. So so I don't feed from basically from November until March. Mm -hmm. I don't feed anything. Uh, That being said, 
That being said, if I do notice that like something is looking not that good, mm. I'm going to pull it out of the mix. Yeah. Right. I'm going to pull it out of the mix. I'm going to, you know, that, so you have to pay attention to your animals. You do. It, it, you're not baking a cake here. You know, it's not like <laughs> you can't sit it and forget like, it. You, you got to get back down. A cup of flour, a cup of water, you stir, you put it in the oven and come back and in three hours. Like, no. It doesn't work like that. No. So you have to pay attention. Uh, uh, you're paying attention they do to the stupid baby. shit. They do really right. stupid shit in wintertime during hibernation with each other. So you, you kind of got to monitor. Right. So I pay attention. And if I, you know, if I see that babies are looking like ragged or whatever, then, you know, uh, I'll pull them out and maybe I'll give them a meal. Now, like, you know, it's possible that I may throw, uh, you know, uh, start feeding the babies sooner. It just really all depends. But like, if I'm talking just overall, that's sort of how I do it. So they're not eating that whole time. The one trick that I did stumble upon is, uh, and we're kind of jumping around and going out of order, but if you're listening, just take notes. And one year, um, it looked like my females weren't ovulating and I was getting really frustrated. And I think it was like the second year I was breeding. I was determined to get eggs that year. So (laughs) I don't know what made me do it. um, But I just threw some, some, uh, I think I was just frustrated and be like, ah, oh, this season is over. Screw it. I'm just feeding them and getting ready for next year. So I started mm-hmm. feeding and I fed them some small meals. And this is when it started to warm up. Like as soon as they came out of the cool down and boom, they ovulated like right away. Yep. So if, if there's a female that's on the fence, so, so what I'll do is once I start to warm those temperatures back up, I throw them a couple meals. Um, and they like, you know, those females are, they're just like ready to eat again, be very careful, use tongs, whatever, <laughs> you know, because they're ravenous uh, yeah. and they're coming for you. Yeah. Now, the one thing that people will often ask the question that you get during the breeding season, especially for people that may not be breeding is, and I know this because it happened to me before I was in the mindset of breeding um, that male carpets can go off of food during the breeding season mm-hmm. uh, because they're focused on trying to breed. Again, if you see them just cruising the tub and cruising the tub and cruising the tub or cruising the cage, whatever, they are looking for a girl. They're in a room full of girls and they smell all those girls and they're like, where the hell is she at? I have to find her. Um, you know, that's the funniest thing is you, you say with the warm up because that's something I adopted where I warm them up and I feed them immediately because I wouldn't feed right off the bat. Um, right. So I usually warm them up, I feed them, and then I put them together because I kind of gauge that I'm on point because right. my boys will be like, get this rat hell out of my face. Like, no. Right. I'm like, you, you haven't eaten in three months. He goes, move it. I, I got to find her. Like, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with the rat. You know, if your male eats, He's still my breed, but that's not a good sign. It's like, right. right. <laughs> it's not good, but, right. or he might need a little bit more coaching, but that's, you're right on there. If you know, that's, that's prime time when boys got to be in with girls. Sometimes right. I'll have, I'll even separate pairs that I wintered together, feed them and put them back together. And all of a sudden they're acting like they haven't just spent two months of their lives together in a four foot right. cage. So, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, one of the uh one of the things that um 
that I do also is I, I sort of put them together as soon as it starts to cool down. Mm-hmm. Now I'll put that mail with the, so let's say that I'm going to put a mail across a couple females, which I have done. Um, typically yes. though, it's usually, there's a specific pair, but you know, um, I have done it across as many as three, four. Yeah. That's as far as I've ever got four. only three. I've only ever gotten to three. Um, so. and it can be tricky to juggle that because mm-hmm. when, when do you know when to put that mail in, when does he get a rest? So what I, typically what I do though, is I cohab them through the whole time. I just mm-hmm. put them together. They're not eating. I don't have to worry about anything. You know, um, they go to it and if they lock up, they lock up. But even at those early stages, I don't look at those locks as the important locks, if you will. It just gets me thinking that, okay, this is good. At least I got a boy and a girl. So that's a yeah. good start. <laughs> Check. Yeah. It's a plus. Which uh, I've had the opposite happen. And I'm sure a lot of people have had that problem, but um, yep. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that's always a good sign. Um, and, uh, so one of the questions was, what about weather? How do you, how do you look at that? You know, you um, love it. Weather is your best friend. It's like, when, when the weather's rolling in, you rush home, you put snakes together. It's like, that's, you love storms. All of a sudden you start really loving snowstorms. So, yes. So my job is, I, you know, I manage a grocery store, so (laughs) you can imagine, you know, everybody's got to have their milk. Everybody's trying to get eggs, milk, and bread. I don't know why, because what the hell are they making? What are they doing? (laughs) When the, when the Uh, power goes out, your fridge is going to be the first thing. And those eggs and that milk are going to be the first things to go, but whatever. Yeah. So that automatically has me in tune with that, but this just, you know, it, it's like I'm already in tune with what the weather is doing and that. I imagine so I'm you just looking at my local your, weather. Yeah. I imagine you walk into your store and go, "Oh, milk's gone. Must be a storm coming." It's like, yeah, Python time. <laughs> Dear Siri, remind me to put snakes together when I get home. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I just pay attention to that. And if for some reason, so here's another little uh, thing that I stumbled upon by accident. If for some reason right. I don't have a pair together and there is a yes. storm that all of a sudden comes through just out of nowhere, I've done this especially with poplin carpets. Um, I put them together. doesn't yeah. matter if it's cool down or I just put them together. Immediately. Just, I just think that that, I don't know. There, there was a paper done and, you know, uh, I don't know if this, it was with blood pythons and basically the putting the male with the female, um, Mm. stimulated follicular growth. So I don't know if that works in carpets or not, but I would imagine pythons are pythons. And for the most part, they're probably somewhat all the same. I, you know, it's all anecdotal. I, I, I don't know. But it's, well, no, it's, and, it's proven successful for me. So I, exactly. I'm not saying that it's it's like there's any kind of science to it or whatever. But uh, if if I do notice that, boom, they go together. Um, well, and you can't breed them if they're in separate cages. So Correct. it's like 
give it a shot. <laughs> it's like, who cares? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? You're going to go check after the storm, and she's going to be in one side of the cage, and he's going to be in the other. And then you go, all right, and you pull him out. That's it. So right. give it a shot. Right. Um, and then, you know, as far as, like, the minute details of my room and, and, and what yeah. I'm doing as far as temperatures and stuff like that, again, I have these little – they're like little, some, uh, they're like little, I don't know. It looks like a, it's like half the size of a phone and it tells you the temperature and the humidity in yeah. the room. Um, and I got them all over my room. I got them on the floor. I got them up on the top. I got them, you know, <laughs> all over the place. Um, right. and they have little magnets on the back, you know, so I just, I put them, you know, they stick to metal, whatever. Anyway, I have them all around and I just kind of look for, you know, again, uh, I'm just looking for a gradual temp drop and then, uh, you know, that, that coming up now, the lights, I kind of typically I'll do 12 hours on 12 hours off. I may I cut it back. Around. I may cut it back to 10. You know, I think, mm-hmm. it, I think if you're going to breed diamond pythons, you know, that's where that becomes all the more important. You know, because right. during the winter time, you're cutting your photo period from, you know, eight hours. I mean, you're 10 hours or 12 hours to eight hours. Um, right. And, you know, manipulating the temperatures for diamonds is much trickier because you're also you're really lowering the ambient temp, but you're also lowering the hot spot, uh, the length of time. So. Mm you know, that basking spot basically is going to stay on for, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think it's like maybe, you know, four or five hours, something like that. It's not going to stay on the whole time that, you know, daylight would be yeah. going on. If, you were. if I had a window in my snake room and I had diamonds, their cage would face it. Like it would just be like up against the window. Cause then yeah. it'll be like, and then I'd, just time their panels to when the hell the sun went up and sun went down and that's it. There you go. They'll figure it out. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. like I am very lucky in my diamond room, diamond room, I have a huge window and that's basically <laughs> what I do, you know? That, All right then. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how it goes. And basically I don't use, uh, even when I, uh, am going to put them in their adult cages, I think for me with diamonds, I'm going to go with, um, heat lights i'm not going to yeah, go with radio panels that, or anything that one guy like that. had the, that one guy had that really nice setup with those lights that were kind of like in a um he had them in the cage but they were in like housings that like took up like it was like almost like a oh, triangle yeah, yeah that, all right well i don't know why the hell i couldn't think of that but yeah yeah they looked awesome and that's great and i love that so right. you should do that do that just go do that yeah, because the diamonds are very geared towards the sun. Um, yeah, I think any black python is. Yeah, you know. So I think it's it's important that you know you have that. I thought it was going to be tricky breeding a seventy five percent diamond. Um, <laughs> the only difference I did with that is uh, I, that's in my it, that snake is in my regular carpet room. Um, okay. I just put it at the bottom. It's at the very bottom. Yep. On, towards the floor, and that seemed to work. So was it, that's what that's what Lon did with his inlands. They're just at the bottom of the thing, and he got them to do it without pulling them out and doing all the other fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, so for me, so again, mm-hmm. uh, just just for this, I have I have two separate rooms that work two separate ways. 
I have a room right. that's like a normal room uh, where I would keep pop winds, jungles, coastals, uh, Darwin's. Um, and then in my cool room, uh, which I actually have been working on a lot is um, bread lie diamonds inlands. Um, and they're yeah. in there. Uh, so they basically are working off of uh, cooler ambience um, and a hotter hotspot, if you would. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, whereas like the hotspot in my warm room is maybe 85, you know, my diamonds, that hotspot's like 90, you know? Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, you know, I mean, that's really all I do for my room. Uh, I, luckily I have a window in my, uh, other room as well. Uh, so, you know, they, they see that, uh, you know, again, I don't know if it matters or it doesn't, you know, talking to some old school guys, they swear by that. Um, I remember Luke used to say that that was kind of important, but I think it's whatever you pick that's important. I think you can cycle them off of that because carpets are mm. not hard to breed. You know, they're, they're really not. Um, For some, maybe they have difficulties yeah. with others, nor should they be judged by that. You know, right. I'm just saying <laughs> it's like, yeah, <laughs> but uh, it, it, you, you could fall, you can accidentally breed carpets and, but yeah. you know, it, so, so it is not hard. It really isn't, but you do have to pay attention and that's, something some people aren't willing to do. That's why, you know, I would say find what works for you. If you're the kind of guy who really wants to pay attention and dial in everything, then do it that way. If you're the kind of guy kind of like me who just wants to set a computer and be like, all right, I'll check on you guys later. That's fine too. It's like, there's a lot of ways to do it. Just stick with it. Um, and you know, for me, like my room, we already talked about with that, but then my bread light, I peel out of the room around November and I shoved them in 41 quart bins in the same rack as my cow Kings and my corn snakes. And that's mm-hmm. on a side room that gets much cooler. So, but they still have a works. hot spot though, right? They do. They do. They have a, okay. they, it's in a rack. So the back heat kicks on halfway through the day or it kicks on at sunrise and they warm up to like 83, 84 and then it drops back down at nighttime. So they gotcha. do still get a hot spot, but if kind of, it's almost like the, you're in a bin and you know, one of my bread lies, she's, she is about seven foot. So it's, uh, she can't really get away from it too much. So it's like, you know, you're going to warm up because so, right. um, but it works. I got 16, 17 great eggs out of her this year. So, right. Awesome. And we'll see how that goes. It's kind of hard to pair them in the bins. Cause it's kind of like a one room, one snake housing <laughs> for winter. Right. <laughs> but then when the warm up happens, they immediately go together, and that's when I start seeing locks. So right. And I, I would um, say the one thing, one more thing is that the I would say the one mistake I think people do all the time is they mm-hmm. mistake mistake ovulation for a gravid female, and they pull the boy. Yes. You know. And I would say yeah. that because I've done that as, as so recent as last year. So it's yes. Keep your mail. You know, so, yeah. So here's pull. my rule. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't do it last year, but I've done that. I did that in 2016. And um, mm-hmm. the um, the one thing that I would say is I do not take that 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 mail out until I absolutely know that she is gravid. And 
One little tip, and I got this from Ryan Young, but most male pythons will go into One shed when the female is finished and ovulates. Yes. So it's, if if it's like March, and that male who hasn't eaten all of a sudden goes into shed, you can pretty much guarantee that that female is gravid, and you mm-hmm. can pull the male. Then you'll see she'll you know she'll go into prelay shed, and there you go. Um, in the beginning, what I did is exactly what you're saying. I mistook sometimes. Yep. What happens is they get a pre-prelay shed. Isn't that annoying? And, <laughs> yeah. And I I misjudged that uh, mm-hmm. because I was feeding during the you know during that time. Um, yep. You know all these things that I do I've learned by making mistakes and saying oh, don't do that way. So that's what I would tweak. Other than that, I would sort of stay with your program. But if you know. If it's working for you and the animals are healthy, then don't let somebody's, you know, cookie cutter recipe come along, whether it's me, whether no. it's Owen, whoever, um, and say, oh, I got to follow this. No, yeah. if it doesn't look right and you, you just go by your instinct. If you were looking at your snakes, you should be able to tell how they're acting. They're telling you what they want, what they need. You just have to be able to understand, you know, uh, the student of you have to be the student to of read the, the signs. You know, yes. you got to know what's going on here and then act accordingly. If and that only you know, comes from spending time in your reptile room. Yeah. You can't just and, like walk in and be like, "Oh, well, I understand what they're doing and what they're it. saying." No, no you and, have to and, spend time in there, looking at your animals and paying attention to, you know, when they're on a hot spot, when they're not on a hot spot. How are they laying? You know, one of the things that I noticed is two things. When a female, mm. she tucks her head in the coils, um, mm-hmm. and she's a few days from laying. I've also noticed that the day before they lay, they twist themselves in the craziest knots. No most uncomfortable. Yep. They look like, you're like, what? <laughs> what are they or, doing? And this is something that, I, I don't know what you have nest box wise, but I have all the hide boxes that they have year round in there with them. And it's filled with cypress mulch. When my female's about to lay, she will get in the middle of that mulch and just kind of like spin and make right. a divot. And that's where she's going to put them. Like, so if I open the thing and she's not laid, but she's sitting in the middle of this divot of mulch days away, like we're like yeah. tomorrow, they're coming. So, so if you have your carpets in, in a rack system, what I mm-hmm. uh, I got this actually from Zach. He had this idea, um, is that instead of using a nest box, just make the whole entire cage a nest box. <laughs> Goddamn <So> just, nest. <laughs> so what I do Here, is I just <laughs> I put sphagnum moss throughout the whole cage, and she picks wherever she wants to lay them. You know, that's pretty much how I do that, um, and uh, that seemed to have worked. Um, that way, she's not. I noticed, you know, how that came up. Uh, first, the first time I bred in 2012, I was breeding IJs, and I, I, what I did is I had, you know, like your typical, uh, I think I had like a four by two by 15, whatever, you know, like a standard yeah. pu- carpet python cage. I had the nest box. I put the nest box in. It was a 15 quart tub, hole in the top, you know, sphagnum moss oh. inside, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I put the 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 nest box under the heat. She kept right. moving it. 
then I would put it <laughs> and back. And you moved it back like she an asshole, move it. didn't you? And yeah. She moved it, and I moved Dick. it. And it's going back and forth, <laughs> and I'm like, maybe she doesn't want it there. <laughs> like, it took me a while, like, because I was thinking, like, oh, well, those eggs have to be eggs warm. Gotta be warm. She has to mask, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. You know, I'm reading in the book. It says that you have to do this. Like, no, she's clearly saying that that's oh, yeah. too hot, you know, so yep. she pushed it away. So that's where I sort of manipulated that to where, okay, I'm not going to decide where you're going to lay the eggs. You know better than I do, so you figure it out. And here you go. Yep. You got the whole here, here. space to do it. Here you go. After the prelay shed. Wherever she moves that box, I try to keep it as close to that point as much as I can because that's where she wants it, you know, right. and that's that's not what I want. I don't want to fuck with that. So, you right. know, and that's just how it goes. I had um, and I changed my hide boxes um, to those. I have big bins with lids that have holes in the front that the snake can like climb into and stay in. And I don't have to pull the lid off unless I want to get in there. It's not like I used to just have plastic bins with like a, a semicircle cut in the front. Uh-huh. This thing's an actual like hole. So the snake has to climb in it. So because I think we had somebody on that said that every time you pull one of those hides up, like the, the you're, you're compromising the hide and your females may be more reluctant to put their eggs in there because they feel it's not a safe place. So yes, I did that. And I had every single female that laid lay it in the bin this year. Awesome. You know, you normally I have like one or two that would be like underneath the paper. All of yes. them were in the bin this year. So nice. Yeah. Um, I've had, I've had, uh, I've had some snakes where they've laid it right on the paper. Um, hmm. So I, I, had, I, I had eggs that had newspaper clippings on them. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah I, I don't think, uh, you know, I, it's not like they're not going to lay. Um, no. I've heard that before in the past where it's like, if you don't have a nest box for them, then they could retain eggs. And I'm not saying yeah. that that's not impossible, but they're going to lay. I mean, <laughs> it's like, it's going to happen. I mean, they're programmed to get those eggs out and reproduce. So I've had two females that retained eggs that I had to go take and get them a shot of uh, Pitocin to lay. Um, one was Venus and she was fine. And then the other one was Gypsy and she was fine too, but both for entirely different reasons. Um, Venus still not entirely sure why she did that. Um, but she's okay. Uh, for Gypsy, she had a huge slug that was just in the way. So they gave her the Pitocin, then they drained the slug. And then by the time we got home, she was sitting a bunch amongst a bunch of slugs. So she got them all out of her. So, you know. But you, again, you got to watch this shit and you got to mark this stuff down. Like I have, I have the NPR calendar so I can mark down when shit happens right in front of me while I'm standing in the room. So I know if somebody's past their date, if their date's coming up, if they shouldn't be acting this way, if we're too far gone here. So yeah, you got to be vigilant. Yeah. Records are important. Uh, I'll give yes. you a couple different ways you can do it. Like Owen said, use the NPR calendar. Good plugs. I like it. Damn. Um, God damn right. <laughs> I'm trying. You know, holy shit. It's storming here like crazy, man. Yeah, me this too. Like, <laughs> it's like insane lightning. Uh, okay. I know if I cut out, I've been hit Put by your lightning. Put together. So. <laughs> Quick, everyone downstairs. <laughs> yes. Um, so, uh, 
anyway, uh, I'll, I'll give a, what I've seen people do. So some people keep a copy book. I've done that in the mm-hmm. past. Um, and I've seen, like, I think Matt does this. So, like, he puts a sticker on the tub. Um, yeah, I can't. And it tells him, like, stickers on my tub. <laughs> <laughs> it says, like, uh, you know, when she pre-laid, when she laid, uh, you know, from the, mm-hmm. you know, the last time she bred. So it kind of, like, uh, gives you a little idea. Because I've found, I don't know about you, Owen, but they're pretty much go at the same time. If you Usually. Can, it, like, if you breed them, for the most part. Yes. And you sort of stay with your system. Your females are gonna go. You know who's gonna go first. Same yeah. time. Yeah. Yep. So you can kind of like you once you do it. Um, <laughs> once you do it a couple times, you know you start to see the patterns and what goes, and you know then you can sort of like pay attention to certain pairs early when they need it, and you know kind of wait with others. Female crews. You know? Yeah. It's it's funny when you look back, like Venus would always lay in March. And it's funny when you look back at some of her clutches, they were then like a year like and a day or two of each other like being laid. Like, you know, and that's just how she went. It was like her first clutch was March 4th. The next year, she laid a clutch on March 6th. And I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to do it that way. So she would lay then, and then I'd be like, all right, here's your rat, bye. Like, I don't need to pay attention to you anymore. You're good. <laughs> yeah, Like, you know, exactly. and then you reset their cage, and they roll. And that's just, some of that is how it goes. Other ones, you may have to trick the male into breeding the female. You may have to get him going in a different direction. You may have to do a little bit of different stuff. So, yeah. Um, so, a couple tricks for males, Good. you know, basically there's that old combat one, you know, uh, uh, you know, put the males together, pull them apart, put the, you know, they, they think they won because the other male's not there <laughs> the anymore, other male's gone. you know, especially if <laughs> you're you using a tag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> I've never um, seen a normal willingly combat a jag. They're just like, what? <laughs> it's like, what's yeah. happening? Yeah. What's wrong with <laughs> him? It's, it's like, like picking on a little kid or something. You're like, not oh, okay. okay. <laughs> I can't. I can't do I this. Can't. Man, I don't like, know if no. people can hear that, but holy shit, it is thundering like crazy. Oh, uh, yeah, dude. Anyway. Um, My dog so is yeah, like I, right next to me. It's like, what yeah, are you doing yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, the other thing, I think you used to do this. I don't know if you still yes. do, but you do that whole thing where you take the sheds of males and kind of put it in a nice uh, concoction I, of water and <laughs> spray I, bottle. Well, no, right. We don't go that far because, you know, that is – that is. I will reserve that for the nastiness of that I need it. But um, uh, I will take um, a male – when a male sheds, I will take the shed and I will rip it into pieces, uh, like, you know, like a couple – like a, a tail part here, a midsection part here, and I'll throw them into the cages of the females that he's not breeding. So then when the other male goes in there, he's like, what? And he kind of, it triggers him a little bit. Um, I've, I've done that just because I have so many boys now. It's easier and, you know, I, I can do that where it's like, you're not breeding this girl. Sometimes if it's a younger male, I'll throw the whole shed in there. It doesn't matter. Um, but back when I only had like two boys, uh-huh. <laughs> it was like I would, uh, I would take a, a younger male shed into a water bottle and like, let it just kind of sit there. Cause every once in a while they pee on it when they're going to shed. And you take that and you spray that into a female's cage and a male will lose his shit. Um, right. 
it, 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 it's a lot of stuff like that. Like um, with the olive pythons this year, I actually took um, a piece of um, dirty paper from my younger male olive's cage and threw it in there with my adults. And my male olive, my big boy, was like, he was not having it. He like kept snaking through that piece of paper, like smashing it down flat. <laughs> like he was not, he was not okay. <laughs> so it's certain things like that you can do to kind of trick them up. And you also need to watch on the flip side of that. Um, like I said, I have all these hide boxes and my females lay their eggs in the hide boxes. So I don't give them the hide box that they laid in back. Because if you do, they will try to incubate non-existent eggs. So right. I yep. either swap out the hide box with another carpet or I like, Scrub it the hell with bleach all over the place. So right, yeah, you just kind of gotta. Yeah, they're they're very they 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 very cute into scents and things like that. So you, you can throw them off pretty easy. And males right. are not smart. They're not smart creatures. And so <laughs> you can trick them very easily. So um yeah, obviously yeah. um. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I want to get back into the. Uh, I want to just hit on this again. Uh, multiple yeah. female, uh, multiple males for, uh, multiple females for one male. Um, yep. So I kind of tier those pairings. I kind of look and say, okay, what's the most important one? You know, that one. <laughs> um, what's 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 pairing A, what's pairing B, and what's pairing C, right? Um, mm. And then basically, I put that male with the first female and I kind of leave them together. I look for locks. Um, now this is like when it's, it's cool now it's cooled down. We're in the, we're in the, the, the middle of the breeding season, whatever. I look for locks. I look for like how often they're locking. So let's say that every day I go down there, I see a lock, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. You see a lock like my albino, my albino cross, that thing would breed a piece of rope. So I know that he's <laughs> going to do a lot of breeding, right? So just by knowing that male, I know that he's just going to breed, 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 breed. As soon as I see him not locked up, time I'm to go. Pull him. Yep. I'm going to put him, put him in, put him in his cage for you know a day or two. Let him rest up. Make sure he's fresh water, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'm going to move him on to female too. Yep. Do the same thing. Wait to see what goes on. How many times does he breed this female? Blah 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 blah. If for some reason I see I've seen this, so my exanic girl, which uh, you know has been the bane of my bane existence, of your existence. <laughs> since, Her. since 2000 and what was it 2013? I don't um, know that bitch. <laughs> so, you know. Well, the cool thing, <laughs> the one cool thing about females is sometimes females just don't go. You don't know yeah. why. They're, everything is the way it should be, the size. The, the locks are seeing like crazy, but I just could not get this female exanic to go. No matter and who sometimes I've read proven with, females, you know, sometimes proven females just don't go one year. They just, they decide themselves I'm taking a break and they just don't do it. So Now, yeah, I had another one, the zebra head mm. granite girl that I had. I couldn't get her to breed. I then you know I thought, <laughs> oh, is this a male? Is this you know like what's going on? Um, and she had like this little bump at the end of her tail, and you know like the zebra thing. And I'm thinking, is she yeah. is she like she can't? Maybe she can't wrap it up. Hold yeah. the eggs. Maybe there's they can't copulate. I'm 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 not sure what's going on. Anyway, 
you know, I talked to Nick about this, and the one thing that he told me is, is that, yeah, the good thing is, is that once that female goes and mm. she lays, you're pretty much she's gonna go every time you breed her from that point on. It's just getting her past that hump, you know, trying yeah. little different things or whatever. Just don't give up, you know. If you're seeing locks, then you know at least it's a male and a female. You know, <laughs> yes. I don't know. Have you ever seen a male lock with a male? I, I, I don't. I have not. But let me put it this way: I've had my uh, caramel tiger. Uh, I I I hatched her. I produced her, and I raised her up. And I've been trying to breed her for the past three years, two years. I'm right. Trying to breed her, and I've gotten locks. Nothing happened. Nothing happened to the point where I'm like, Jesus Christ, are you a boy? And I I probed her, and she's a tweener, which annoys the piss out of me. So, uh, and then I'm like, yes. what? And then she lays eggs this year. I'm like, finally! <laughs> so it's like, Thank <laughs> <you> God. <laughs> yeah. And like in that, sometimes you just gotta keep at it. And sometimes it's right. a mixture of the right boy in there with her. And sometimes it's the her. Tr- she was close to triggering, or you pulled the male too early. Like sometimes it's not her. It could very easily be you. So yes. you know, it's that's something too. So keep right. at it. And the one thing that I that I said, like you know, again, I think that this is. Some of, well, I don't want to say like I know, but like I, if it was if it was me and I and I had you know all these species to work with, I would think that I think that the the, the trick with Bowens is just staying the same. Like pick a yeah. pick a pick a street and stay on it. You know, like stop driving <laughs> off. <laughs> you know, stay on the damn street. And yep. I learned that from that exotic girl because you know it's like okay, you didn't go this year. And I trace that back to the conversation we had with Ryan Young when he was talking about breeding white lead pythons. And this mm-hmm. just stuck with me. If you haven't heard this, go back and listen to it. It's a great episode. Anyway, he talks about how the female wasn't ovulating in his system. So right. he noticed that every year she'd go a little later, a little later, a little until finally she went when the rest of his snakes went. But he was, he just kind of waited that out. Like, you know, uh, she wanted to go at a different time, but he said, you know, pushed it to when, and eventually it came around and she went, you know, he, he didn't breed her the one year, didn't breed her the next year, didn't breed her the next year. He tried. And then finally she just kicked in and now he's, he's produced white lips like every year, yeah. you know, yeah, from 2.2. You know, yeah. he's just like popping them out. So, God, I can't. I would love that. You know, if dude, <laughs> yeah, right. I would love it if they would just go for me. I would. I just want. Even then, even if I have a clutch of baby white lips that drive me insane because they only eat like live, I don't care. I don't care. I will right. breed mice for baby white lips. Like you know, I don't. <laughs> they're like the only thing, and ruffies. Right. Them too. Yeah, and but ruffies, it's like. Right? But it's like thing where you just gotta, you just gotta keep at it, and you know, I, of course it's frustrating, of course it sucks. And here's the thing: we can sit here and say that we learned all these things, but the reason we learned all these things is because we fucked it up so many times. Yes. You yes. know, that, that's the past ten years have been a lot of exactly. <laughs> like, you know, every year I'm like, God damn it! Like something happens. This past year, I had my red tiger male in with the two females I wanted him to breed. And then the one blew up, and he started leaving them the hell on. I separated them all out. I still had him go in with both those girls. 
on and off. Right. None of them laid eggs. Like they all went from these <laughs> balloons to they just shrunk down. And I'm like, shit. So sometimes even I get caught up in that stuff. So it, it just, you know, by doing. So don't be too upset when shit fails, when shit doesn't breed, when shit goes wrong. And if you're sitting there saying, you know, yeah, but I have a lot of money invested in it. Then, you know, maybe, <laughs> maybe you kind of went, it's, you know, maybe you should pick something that's easier to breed or cheaper, or maybe you shouldn't care too much. So it, it just kind of is how it goes. Yeah. I mean, you, you yeah, you, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you for me, a hy- the hypo yeah. is an example. Like, you know, I had oh. all intentions, all intents and purposes of breeding that hypo male this 2019, but he's just what? not at the size. So oh. I'm just not going to do it. <laughs> and by the time I, I mean, produce them, they'll probably yeah. be a third the price. <laughs> yeah. But that's fine. I don't care. Um, cause that's you mean not why. Cause do it, you know, I, 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 I like, I'm just waiting for you. I mean, I'll wait. I'll wait. I get yeah. it. It's no problem. I, I I'll mean, wait. I'll get, I want them hypos. But <laughs> coastal morph. Did you have to say anything more? It's like yeah, I'm right. Yeah. I'm right there. Yeah. Right. But it, it, it also, I wouldn't stretch yourself too thin. I mean, you know, they're always they're always the people that say that they can have their male do an entire rack of females and get them all gravid. Congratulations. Whew. But you know, it's. That's royal python talk, That's man. That's royal python talk, you. <laughs> but I would say don't stretch it too thin. And also understand that your clutch isn't going to be all super zebra. There's going to be other stuff there. And you're going to have to deal with the after the fact. So know all this stuff going in before you breed. Because you might get two really nice super zebra you might get four okay zebra, and then you might get other stuff that just kind of looks really funky, you know. And and I guarantee you, the pretty ones are going to be the bastards that don't eat. So yeah, this is all you stuff br- you have to deal with after the fact. You bring up a good point. So here's a couple things that I've learned along the way. Um, I've learned that it's better to buy a visual male or yes. a visual female than buy a pair of hats. Sometimes all that's available is hets. For instance, I produced exanic het, het ex, whatever you want to call them, het exanic, het ex, granite. You know, <laughs> uh, snake said will make exanic granites. <laughs> Thank you, God. Um, but, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're calling them now, exanic ingredient, <laughs> ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> but all I, all I have is double hets of that. So, I, I, you know, until I get, but I produced them, but I didn't buy like a pos het granite. I didn't buy, you know, it's like they're hets, a hundred percent hets. Right. If I, I did that before where like, okay, here's another example. I have a Mm. Jag, a Jag head exanic. The reason that I got the exanic Jag is because it's like, okay, well, I'm going to produce crosses. Cause I'm breeding that, that guy, one of the male, one of the females that he's going with this year is an exanic zebra, right? In the hopes to produce Aww. an exanic zebra tank, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm slumming Nick snake. He's slumming. 
Oh um, my god! <laughs> but anyway, the reason that I wanted like, to visual, and here I'm sitting here. I'm hoping that you were just gonna breed it to that exanic girl that you have, and you're like, no, no, to the zebras. It's like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he might go to her. <laughs> Plus, I have Maybe. <laughs> I have an ex, a head exanic uh, male or female as well. So there's there's possible things that he can go to. But the main thing that he's going to this year is gonna be. Um, the uh, the zebra, exanic zebra, yeah. right? So I'm going to produce everything's going to be exanic. It's yes. either going to be a jag, a zebra, or a normal, or a zebra Boy, jag. Zebra jag, yeah, yeah. Right. So yeah. I don't want to deal with pos hets. hets. Nope. You know, I just don't want to deal with that. So it's I would annoying, much rather. And that's where I'm at, dude. You know, it's yeah. annoying. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I just find it easier. And you, by the time you wait, you know, you <laughs> wait a year, a couple of years yeah. or whatever, you get yeah. that mail. Um, that's, that's how I've always geared my projects. I, I get that female. I start raising her up. So for instance, you know, uh, when I started buying stuff from Paul, I'm like, okay, I want a zebra head albino female, a caramel head albino female and what else? And a head albino female. Okay. He gave I got all those. Um, and then it's like, okay, do I want, I originally bought a Jag head albino and I was like, wait a minute, maybe I should just wait a year. And then I asked Paul and he had an albino Jag that he was trying to sell. Okay. Now I have an albino Jag. So now everything that I produce is going to be a hundred percent head. So anything that I hold back will be a hundred percent head. I'll have less of a chance of, or more of a chance of actually producing albinos. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the, the uh, the odds go down, if you will, and you have a better well, chance of hitting those odds. Always get your girls first. I mean, we've said that before. Yeah. Get your girls, because then you have four years. Yeah. Probably about, let's say, let's cut it. Let's say you, you get her, you have two, well, years, yeah, two years to find two a boy. Years, yeah. Two years to find right. a boy. Right. And and here's the thing. I, I say four because in four years – the adults of that morph will might be cheaper and you might be able to get a boy like, you know, yeah. and that's just how that's, it goes. that's so, what I'm saying. Yeah. You might exactly. be able to get the visual two, instead of so, getting ahead. Exactly. So you buy her two to three years later, when you absolutely should pick up for her. And by then the market can be completely changed. She might go with a different animal. Your plans might change for her later. So I say, get the girl and then get the boy later down the road. You know? Yeah. And I know, I know that people want to breed and I know, you know, everybody's doing it. So you're kind of like, uh, you know, well, I got to breed, I got to breed, I got to breed, but you don't got to just, just don't throw shit together just for the sake, you oh, know, because what's going to happen is come April when, when they hatch, yeah. they're going to hatch out and you're going to have these carpets and then you're not going to be able to move them because mm-hmm. nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to want yeah. it. Nobody's, you know what I mean? You gotta, you kind of have to, you know, like, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like, you know, do I want to do a lot? You were saying this, like, do I want to do a lot of caramel stuff this upcoming year? I did a whole bunch of caramel stuff for, you know, I mean, I'm sure you have caramel projects that you're just taking to completion, you know, or like continuing to along the way to to keep refining what you're doing, but you're not going to go crazy. Like we did in 2009. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Like you're exactly. gonna be like, yeah. Well, the market is, it's you know, they're it they're is kinda, what it is. Yeah, they're kind of cheap right now. So, 
and let me put it this way, this is kind of the year where everything's at a low because I have caramel stuff. I have my I have my pair of Posh Super Caramel Jags that I produced, both of them uh, are coming up in age. And I produced the female and I held her back. And then the boy I kept from the year later, which was actually cool because it was a different male that produced each of them. So that's awesome. Um, And then like, I'm slowly building up. So I have all this Xanax stuff that's right now ready to breed and is breeding and coming up on the back end is all the caramel stuff as well as the caramel het Xanax or caramel Xanax stuff. So, you know, basically I have these two projects and these two clouds that are inching towards each other to be combined. So in the next couple of years, I will start crossing, you know, my caramel jag, my past super caramel jag to my Xanax stuff to my, caramel exanic stuff so that stuff's all gonna start getting mashed together so right we'll see you know cool yeah i mean yeah so yeah i mean just kind of kind of because whatever you breed just be prepared that you might be sitting on it you know you can't think like they're gonna pop out of the egg and then everybody's gonna be beating down your door to buy your snakes no that's a dumb mistake yeah i mean so i bought i bought all this all the cages in my snake room thinking that people were going to kick down my door for caramels in 2009 no one yep. did that <laughs> so it's like <laughs> so that yeah. did not happen so right. you just got to deal that's it's just something right. you got to deal with so yeah um yeah and then basically january february march is is basically Breeding. you know it's basically the gradual cool down february probably being the coolest you know mm. uh month march starts to swing back up you know again paying attention to your animals if you notice that your females are starting to ovulate and you know you notice those things well then start to raise the temps you know because you want to get yeah. that female to where she can be exposed to those to those higher higher temps so she can bask i you know you go back and forth you hear like if she baskins she might get slugs etc cetera, etc cetera. I, I don't know about that because those are old wives' tales. Because I've had females that bask like every other day, belly up, perfect eggs, and I've had females who do nothing, all slugs. So it, yeah, you know, I think it has more to, to do, do with timing. I think it's I think more so. to do with timing rather than temperature, and yeah. the temperature at that time. Meaning that yes. if you don't cool down low enough, then you're probably going to get slugs. You know, <laughs> seventy is that. I know people say that they do it without dropping temps and I know that and then I get and they do that and they do they they're successful with it. But I think with certain carpets you have to get them cold or you're you I may agree. have success every once in a while but you're not going to have consistent success. Success. Exactly. That's the key. Consistency is yeah. the key. If you're okay with being at hit or miss every once in a while, so be it. Whatever. Man. Yeah, you know, know, and and that's the other thing is we talked about me not breeding my caramel or all the exanic stuff is because I still got babies from last year or this. I got I still have babies from 18 here right now. Come springtime, I may be like, holy shit, I need more babies like that. That I do this every year where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to breed these this year because these haven't moved that quickly. And then by the time March rolls around, I'm like, oh, thank God I'm getting more eggs from you because all of them are gone. So, right. That's just how it goes. So, you know, it's maybe certain things you don't need to breed every year. 
You know, if you think I'm breeding rough scales every year, I might not. Because well, I don't want to have to deal with babies on the back end because I've heard these things are bitches to get going. So I think maybe what happens, every other. I yeah. think what happens, even with morphs, even yes. with bl- lines, different bloodlines, et cetera, is that this sort of this sort of creates the supply and demand type of thing. You know? Yeah. So if you breed every year, there's always gonna be that supply and maybe there's not the demand. But like so maybe you breed like you're doing your own selective breeding projects that you're, you know, mm-hmm. moving this forward. And then five years, you know, your caramels are insane, ridiculous. You know, you have the top notch stuff because you've been slowly working on it year after year after year, not going crazy, but just you're continuing to refine, you know, what you have. And yeah. You know, everybody else is sort of like, oh, well, the, you know, caramels are only whatever. Caramels are caramels are caramels. $300, yeah. you know, they're, they're not, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to breed them. And then you can't find them anywhere. Like, tell me where you can find, I think you and maybe one other person are the only people that produce actual, visual, 100% pure Poplin granite carpet. <laughs> and how does that taste coming out of your mouth? <laughs> right. But what I'm saying, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> the irony of that. Suck it. Um, <laughs> it's like but you know what I'm saying? Making a line. I, I understand that. Crosses, and you see granite jags, I know, and that's how it goes. Granite, but you but know that's no how it goes. And, and that's how it's going to bleed out. You're going to have that to where a certain point where people are going to be like, I want pure shit. They're going to have to import stuff and breed it to their granites to make the hats and then do that again. So, you right. know, that's just how it goes. I mean, and that's, by the way, I have to call Jason because you're going to pick that shit up for me in Tinley and you better pick me out some winners. You know, I don't, ah. I'm trusting you. Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so, Do you have a visual it, granite? Uh, Jason has a visual granite boy. Oh, okay. And then I no, have no, the no, head- Mm-hmm. No, no, no. I don't mean that. I mean, do you have babies that are visual granites? Yes. Yes. That's what you're grabbing. You're grabbing my half of that uh, joint pairing that Jason and I did last year. We did it again this year, but I haven't huh. been able to hook up with Jason to get the babies. So you're getting my half of the clutch in Tinley, and you're bringing it back to me. Okay. So that Maybe I, I'll, I'll have Owen to see if you have a visual granite. sell them. I do. I should. Male. Boys and girls. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Don't I you, know you want Jason. a citrus tiger and a red tiger and a, okay. All right. <laughs> all right. Fair um, enough. The citrus, the citrus might've, uh, uh, Chris and I have been talking. You might, you might not be able to get me on a citrus because he might just send me the ones he has. So, you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, hot. Anyway, I, I digress. See, and we can talk. <laughs> yeah. We can talk. I can be bought anyway. So, uh, yeah. but no, dude, it's just, that's just the thing where you kind of, you keep projects and you keep projects that you really like and you just kind of stick it out. And here's the thing. You're producing these animals. They're all your animals when they come out of the egg. So that is your the best backs. part of breeding. That is the greatest thing. <laughs> <laughs> so. You Wait, I get to, to choose first. <laughs> you get to keep the ones you get to pick. And then yeah. you can invite your friends over to come get theirs. Like, you know, no, yeah. these two are mine. You guys can right. look at these. And then right. eventually you start realizing that the shit that's growing up in your room is some of the best stuff, you, is better than the stuff you started with. 
because you've been selectively breeding, because you've been selectively growing, and you can build the project from the ground up. I will tell you there is no greater joy in breeding than seeing animals that you raised their grandparents as hatchets breeding and producing. It's insane, and I love it. It's like your your grandfather was the size you were wrapped around my freaking finger, and now he's over there, and it's like, oh, my – I love it. That's my favorite part, so – yeah. Yeah, and it, you know, I'm ba- uh, uh, so that's sort of like the thinking, some of the thinking you want to do. But basically, from there, I mean, come, you know, once the temps are back up, she's going to do a prelay shed, and then you know, from there, it's like twenty, twenty days, twenty five days, she's going to lay eggs. So you just, you yep. just be ready, you just be prepared, you know. And then I usually uh, mark down sixty days after she lays eggs, and that's right about where the the you start having hatching. Yeah. 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 Um, all that. So I use that Reptiscan app and that'll yep. tell you all in there. So when you print out the, uh, the tag for the egg box, you know, you just put it on there. It says like, uh, you know, uh, when the projected date of hatch would be. And for the most part, it's pretty much on point. You know, I can go in there. The cool thing is, is that you can go in there and tweak that for individual females. Uh, so if I know that like, you know, this female is, you know, typically her clutch goes 55 days, you know. Uh, okay, I put 55. You know, if if I know it's 53 days, I put 53. And I try to yep. see if there's consistency between it. For the most part, so far what I've seen, it has been, at least with my snakes. Um, yeah. And then that's pretty much it. Throw them in the incubator and you're good to go. Or you let, your <laughs> mother, you let the mother do it and you can do maternal incubation. So. You can, you know, I've seen, uh, <laughs> I've seen, I've seen a couple things that uh, a couple people have done that I thought was, was pretty interesting. Um, mm-hmm. as far as, uh, maternal incubation, some of the things with like putting, um, and I, I, I think I did this the first year I did this. You put like a big water bowl in the nest box, um, put it by the heat. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so does that, that is one thing I don't think I've ever hit on this when I do that. So typically when I went once that female's laid her eggs and um, I know that she's, you know, wrapped around them good and everything is good. I will push that water bowl right up against her, like right near her. So that for two reasons, one, I was thinking like, well, maybe she wants to get a drink. She'll know it's right there. But the other thing is humidity. uh, Right. Um, you know, you'll see the female, she, sometimes they, they urinate. Sometimes they'll, I've seen them go through the water and then they'll wrap back around the eggs. Just all these interesting behaviors that you see, you know, I've seen it to where they tuck their coils uh, and they put their head down into the coils to try to raise the humidity that way. Um, Mm. you know, one thing that I did screw up and I didn't mention this throughout the whole thing. I do put on a humidifier during the winter uh, when the right. dry heat kicks on. So yeah. I do cycle that with the warm temperatures. Uh, so when my room will be humid, but it won't necessarily be warm overnight, but it will be humid in there. Um, so it's almost like a rainforest jungle type of deal, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, that, and that's pretty much it. Um, the the most important thing is just, you know, document what you're doing and pay attention to what your snakes are, are doing and you should be yeah. good. 
as far as me for this upcoming season, for things I'm excited about, obviously it was V and Molly. V and Molly, yeah. Um, I'm probably going to do, well, I got my uh, Tiger Head Albino stuff. Um, nice. My Strike Jungles, Lightning Line Jungles. They're going to be and the That's a long time project for you. <gasps> yeah, you're doing you're, you're doing gelatins this year. Yep. Yeah. You know, Which you know, be... you know, you know. I'm <laughs> out. I'm out of space. You know that, right? I have yes. no more space, and you're <laughs> screwing me with this kind of crap because I'm like, no, oh, yeah. I'm pretty good right now. And then you're gonna do this to me, you bastard. Uh-huh. And then I have some pretty prime uh, poplin carpet uh, pairings, yeah, skip. Uh, mm. straight poplins um, that I'm pretty excited about. One being uh, breeding um, poison ivy stuff to see oh, what with dude. the melanistic. <laughs> um, oh, no. And I'm going to do uh, outcross granites, but I'm going to put my tiger IJ to my granite IJ because I'm curious to see if <laughs> – if anything happens with that, you know, but that's a long why, time coming. Why is your entire career taking tigers and crossing them with the busiest pattern snakes you could ever get to? <laughs> Are you that desperate for pinstripes? Like, you know, yes. this just seems, you know. Yes. I don't want pinstripe royals. I want pinstripe carpets. <laughs> You're like, I'm going to breed, I'm going to breed a zebra to my tiger and get pinstripe carpets. That is the you dumbest remember? thing I've ever heard. And then they hatch them like every son of a bitch. I got for that? They're like, well, yeah, what? because I'm like, that, what are you doing, work. man? That's the and dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> they hatched and they had stripes, and I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, everything, everything you breed that you're like, well, you we might not get any stripes. They come out perfectly striped. I breed yeah. shit where I'm like, I might have a good number of stripes. Nothing. No stripes. Not a single one. I'm like, how the hell? So, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's uh, good times. So... <laughs> <laughs> You know what the trick to that is, is that you look at the parents of what you're buying as... Stop that. <laughs> yes, it's true. <laughs> you know? That albino yeah. that I have, he doesn't have a stripe on him, but God damn, does he <laughs> throw some nice stripes, man. Holy shit. So, <laughs> Whatever works. I might be able to produce in striped inlands in 2020. No way. Well, I got those ones that Paul had that were kind of the genetic. Stri- are they, are they well, genetic it's not a proven thing. We... It's it's not yeah. proven, but uh, all right. It's so, in the book. Now, with a project like let's say poison ivy, you breed yeah. them. You breed yep. those two. You breed a female and a boy, both poison right. ivy blood coming back in on each other. Those babies right. come out black, like yeah. I, I assume. Nothing leaves your house now. <laughs> it's like, you know, this is like... Oh, no. <laughs> no. There would be probably three the, like people the I can think of, right, that I would give offspring to. Well, One would be you, which you're not going to oh. take it. <laughs> well, I mean... Yeah, maybe you will. I don't know. If it's a black... if it, uh, I'll take a black IJ just to keep, just so you guys can't fucking breed it. Go to hell. But, you know, right. it's the... Um, uh, but no, it's like... Because did you even... Did you even part with any of the babies that she had from the last time? Oh no. Exactly. So now no. now you have two clutches. You're not going to let go or are you going to start letting go of the ones that she previously had? I would because mm. they're male. The most the majority of that clutch was male. 
So oh, so you'd let boys probably, go? That probably would be how I would go. Oh no. Uh, there, so I, I can think of a few people right now, and it's all those little pop one python heads of yours who are just screaming yes. like with yes. joy, like you know. Um, Take Stephen my Katz money. Can, yeah, Stephen Katz <laughs> may have driven off the road if he's listening to this while driving. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just yeah, right. we apologize and we hope you're okay. But right. you know, it's it's like that. I mean, and that's a great project, and that's a project that you've been kind of busting your ass on. So that would be yeah. cool to see come through. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass because, like, especially with a project <laughs> like that, because, <laughs> you know, unfortunately, Poison Ivy died. You know, that was a kick in the balls. Uh, right. You know, holding on to all those 12 babies, that was a kick in the balls. Raising them up, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, it's like, what if this Nobody is nothing? I have here. 12 <laughs> IJs there. Not that I'm complaining about, you know, having IJs, but they're all like, you know, these melanistic looking things and well, uh, I don't know. And then also, also you get twelve of them. Like that. how many bins could you put you could put other shit there. It's like Yeah. Do you need all twelve of them? Yeah, I mean I understand that. Right. So probably what I would do, I mean I'm assuming that probably Paul would want some of that, you know, especially if yeah. it's a new morph. I'm assuming Nick would want in on that. So I would yeah. send that out to guys like that, you know. Maybe Eric Kohler because he does I do, you know, like the IJ guys and stuff that I know, you know, Terrell, Riley, guys like that, that have that sort of thing. Like, because, you know, I worry just like you say, you know, God forbid, knock on wood, something happens. And then, you know, they're all here. Then that project is gone. So, yeah, imagine if you hadn't hadn't bred her before she died. Yeah. Well, that would be the last thing that I'm going to close on is that this yes. is like, if you have a pure snake, <laughs> I love crosses, man. I do. I really, really do. But if you have some kind of morph that just kind of popped out of nowhere, don't go freaking crossing it in the first I'm going to breed it to a jag. <laughs> yes, because that's what they did with poison ivy. And I get it, I, whatever. But her first pairing was to a jag. What if she would have died right after that? Now, you would never have pure pop one melanistic, you know, carpet pythons. Um, So, I don't know. If you see something that pops out, yeah, breed it. I mean, if you have something crazy that, like, Nick had that crazy looking ghost thing, coastal, that popped out of his Brisbane clutches. Yes. um, You know. I well, not that he would do it anyway, but if it just say that it popped out in my fairings or something like that, I would not turn around and breed oh, it to God, a, no. a granite zebra or something shit like that. You know what I mean? It would be like, okay, let me breed it to a coastal. Then I'll go crazy. Then I'll do it. <laughs> yeah. Dude, make the first breeding to what it is supposed to be with, and then yeah. do whatever the hell you want. But get the first thing through. So and I, prove I, it. I, you can yeah. do whatever you want. I get it. I understand that. But, but you can't ever reverse it. You know, yes. you can always go forward and cross it, but you can't. If you that's all you got, then it's forever across. And it's going to devalue that a little bit because there's going to be some people that would have bought into that project. Pure. But the fact that it's not pure, you know, then they're going to say, nope, don't want it. Well, also. Yeah. I mean, also, we've talked about how, like, we were talking last episode or a couple episodes ago about that albino coastal. Sometimes sticking in where these things have popped up might get you better results than mixing, you know? Not yes. everything's going to come out looking freaking stellar because you threw a jag at it. So, right. you know, and that's 
fine. So make it and then go through the next year. It's fine. If it's a boy, breed it to two things. I don't care. But understand that, you know, or understand that this is, this might be the only opportunity to further it along and, you know, try to do what you can for everybody. So, yeah. Right. hundred percent. So, I mean, yeah, hopefully that helped people with, uh, you know, breeding season, uh, I'll say 7.0 since this is the seventh year we're doing this. So, oh my you know, God. hopefully every year, uh, we add a little more to it because we learn more, you know, every year yep. I try to learn as much as I can and try to, uh, better refine my Python breeding skills, you know? Uh, um, yeah. I would say this year I kind of got it more into my head of not to cut the eggs and just let the babies do it themselves. Yeah, I would agree. Because I always used to be like one baby would pip and then I would snip the shells of everybody. And I would say that having not done that this year, I have a lot more bigger, healthier babies that are quicker to feed. So I I know you really want that baby out of the egg, but if you just hang back and let them do it themselves, it helps you in the long run. So. Yeah, we we ain't gonna start any kind of group that's like anti egg cutting or some shit like that that no. people have done. Uh, you oh, cut like, them, you do what you whatever. want. Whatever. But here's here's why you know same reason I'm with Owen. You know all my animals fed pretty spot on this year. I didn't cut. Um, and uh, the one thing that that made me not do it is in 2016, 20 yeah 2016, I had this beautiful coastal carpet. Um, mm. that had come out of the egg and uh, I cut th- there was two of them that actually that were really really nice um, so I cut the egg and I cut the egg on this on all of them and the one came out of the egg and died because it came out too oh. early and it was still it got all tangled yep. in its uh, umbilical cords and ripped it uh, yeah ripped it and it was a mess so I was like you know what I'm not I'm not cutting anymore you know, yeah. if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, but at least also, it's not going to be at my hand that the baby died. Also, it gives you time. Like, you know, it's like, oh, they're pipping. I have two days to prep. Yeah. Get, them, get the boxes ready. It's like, yeah. all right, take your time, guys. Like I got, yeah. you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to work and maybe one or two you'll be out when I get back. But yeah, it's, it's it gives you time. So, yes. you know, take it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll once you know as we get once babies start hatching and all, we'll go into like you know egg care and all that kind of stuff. But really, all that fun I mean, crap. Yep. Yeah, you know, uh, but that's really what it comes down to breeding. Now, hopefully, maybe next twenty twenty, I might have my first shot at breeding some scrubs. Um, yeah. So we'll see. You know, um, I'll probably learn a whole bunch then too. You know, and be kicked in the in the nads a couple times because they don't breed or. <laughs> Right. <laughs> they roll or whatever. They hurt know? each other. Like, yeah. You know what's really you know what's really funny is that this the 2009 season 2019 season marks the 10th season of me breeding carpet pythons. Nice. It's insane. You don't yes. think about it. Like you just no. you just get through the season at hand and then all of a sudden you realize it's been 10, it's been ten years. years. Yeah. And and it's just the same way with, you know, podcasts. We get through the episode that's up now and all of a sudden you realize it's been seven 
fucking years. So it's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Wait a minute. <laughs> I've been doing this for seven years. Holy, Holy shit. shit. Yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My 10th year breeding will be 2022. Yeah. My first season was 2012. Um, well, dude, like my, my first carpet clutch was I bred a uh, jungle coastal to a coastal. And I got these ugly babies. <laughs> they were hideous, <laughs> <laughs> and they were horrible. And you know, I, 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 it, it was. I had no idea what I was doing. And you know, I eventually ended up wholesaling them all. Um, and then I ended up selling their mother because I wanted nothing but pure coastal. And uh, then the 2010 was my big season. So, yeah, nice. But yeah, it was nuts. Ten years. Wow. In, okay. a, in, a, in, a, in a styrofoam incubator in my mother's kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> they will hatch, one of those, man. One of those novators. They will hatch. <laughs> like, yeah. I proved that a few years ago when I didn't plug in my incubator. They yeah. hatched. It took longer, but they That's hatched. My favorite story. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Hey, whatever. I felt so vindicated about not having an incubator. At least I didn't not forget. At least I didn't forget hey, to plug hey, it. Hey, in. hey, mistakes have been made across the board. All right, what yes. do you want? Here? <laughs> like, uh, hmm. So I just like it because I think there was something on the carpet python discussion like last year about like how long does it take for carpet python eggs to hatch? I'm like, well, and I just like the whole post. And Howard's like, Owen did a great service. He did it by accident, but Owen has done a great service. So I'm like, all right. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. God. So, cool. On, um, all right. I think that's uh, – I think we hit on everything. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So next week, I don't know. Do we have – oh, next week is Ari. Ari's oh, nice. going to be on next week uh, talking about his book. Um Man, I don't know if you had a chance to check out over on the Bowens Pythons group. Uh, he put up a video. He's got a video coming out. That one? I think... Of what? It was him misting that one Bowens that was like. No, 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 no. This okay. was a like he remember he was supposed to release the video with um with the book, like the yeah, DVD. Yeah. Right. So he has yeah. like all this footage that he's recorded uh, being over there and what it takes to go over there, et cetera. Um, but yeah. he put up a little, a little thing of like the uh, one of the tribes, you know, doing like a, a music type of That's thing cool. or whatever. It was really no, neat. I gotta, go, yeah, so. I gotta go check that out. Check it out. Yeah. Uh, so he'll be on here. Uh, he'll be talking about the new book and um, all that stuff. So uh, if you haven't ordered it yet, uh, you know, uh, we have a, a little thing over on the. Uh, NPR page where you can find all the information you need to order it. Um, I want to say, what's that guy? Uh, Russ Case. No, yes. that's the, no, nope. that's not him. No. <laughs> that's the guy that died. What the hell? Am I oh doing? my God. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <sighs> I butchered that. Um, yep. <laughs> where the hell is that at? I thought I had it. See, I usually am prepared. Yeah. We're totally, this whole episode. Anyway, but, um, yeah. I think he's the only guy you can order it from because I know that there were certain people in the UK that were looking for the book and various other places. It, it, you know, I, I, there, we, we'll throw up some links, and I know Ari's going to have all that info for us next week, but uh, it's definitely one of those books that I know people are kind of itching to get a hold of. 
Yeah, Russ Gurley is the guy's name. So reach out to yeah. him. You know, the hardbacks are going quick, uh, but they have plenty of softbacks. I think uh, he hopefully they'll have him at Tinley. I think Ari said he's going to have some for sale at Tinley. Um, I guess we'll know more next week. But hopefully um, Keith gets one. I'm just saying. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, right. After he last Keith. last week's episode, yeah, he only wrote a part of it, right? I know. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, he'll be next week, and then obviously the week after that is uh, the Tinley Park, and then the week after that is the anniversary show. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> and the week after that will be the calendar contest results. And then yep. the week after that, actually that's a pretty cool show. Uh, the first week in November, we have the mm-hmm. guys from Herp highlights, uh, coming on okay. Herp, herpetological Ooh. highlights. Um, cool. those guys are like, I don't know if you've ever heard their podcast Owen, but they're, they're more scientific. They, they kind of discuss papers and all, but I, they never like really that. talk about themselves. Um, okay. So it'd be curious to see, you know, what those guys are about. And um, obviously they're very smart gentlemen and know their stuff when it comes to reptiles. So One of those episodes. Maybe, <laughs> maybe we'll be able to talk to them about uh, <coughs> the Madagascan hogs. Ooh, now you have my attention. So, okay. all right. And then there's a couple weeks in there where we don't have something booked yet. And then at the end of November is the round table, the bread light round table, which should be pretty awesome. Yeah. And then Owen, I don't know what you're doing the week after that, but I'll be in Australia nothing. doing nothing. <laughs> we are doing uh, nothing. Uh, and there you go. So that's pretty much uh, a year um, for us. Um, yeah. So Morelli Python radio, you can listen to the, uh, podcast on uh, all the podcast apps that you choose you can also check out blog talk radio slash morelia python radio it might be the other way around but blog talk radio and then look up morelia python radio and you'll find it i am gonna slowly i i was the day late doing this but i posted up the original morelia python radio episode I saw that. yeah oh. um actually I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit. Not as bad. <laughs> I've listened to some reptile podcasts and when they first are getting going, and it's pretty brutal. It wasn't that bad. Like Not I, In hindsight, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I'm li- at the time, I thought it was horrible, but I'm like, all right, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. But, um, you know, it still is not the same. So uh, I'm just going to slowly go. I'm going to go through the catalog one by one because you can't get those on iTunes anymore. And yeah. uh, I'm just going to share them. So next week will be the introduction of Owen. Oh my uh, God. This Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sweet uh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we'll learn. If you didn't know about Owen, that's the episode you want to listen to. Um, it, no, no, it isn't. <laughs> you'll learn all about him. There are many I can't wait for other episodes. Scrub episode. No, <laughs> just, I. Uh, uh, all right, let me know because then I'm just gonna go away from Facebook for two weeks after that. A couple weeks. You just, yeah. I'm just gonna go hide. It's like, oh, vomit. Um, all right. Okay, so MoreliPythonRadio.com is our website. Info at MoreliPythonRadio.com is our email. Uh, we're on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Uh, you can follow us. Uh, our Facebook page is really uh, to find out what's going on with us. 
And our sort of group uh, is Morelia Pick of the Week. Um, so if you're interested in Morelia and you want to see what people are sharing, there's chondros, rough scales, carpets. We even have scrubs and bowlings and all that kind of stuff over we let there. You come play. Yeah. Yep. We even mac lots and stuff like, like that. <laughs> but just because we like them. But anyway, yeah. that's sort of our home away from home. Uh, as far as myself, ebmorelia.com. My email is eric at ebmorelia.com. I will be at Tinley Park. Uh, I will be at Carpet Row. And uh, so stop on by and say hello. Um, you know, uh, what? <laughs> I hear it. Kind of rhymed. It kind of rhymed. So it's just. Gonna, oh, yeah. I mean, it was just gonna. That's all. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> I heard the snickering. I was like, oh boy, what did I, I say? <laughs> Listen, apparently, I ma- apparently I make a noise every time someone says the word rough scale python on this thing. So you know, it's I don't. Yeah. Like trying we'll to have our little twerks. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, we're seven years in, bro. It's it's all good. It's over. It's over. Uh, Who cares? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So uh, you can check out my website for what I have available. Um, slowly but surely, everything that I have is becoming available. Just uh, getting those uh, feedings in and and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that's some cool stuff. Um, if you're in the Poplins, stop by. I have some cool stuff as far as that goes. Got diamond jungle jags from the gamma lineage, citrus tigers, Ooh. caramel citrus tigers, uh, all kind of granite cross stuff, albino stuff, lots of stuff. So if you're just interested in any of that, stop by, say hello, and uh, I'll hook you up. Um, so, yeah, you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, YouTube, which... I gotta get a video up, man. Yeah. I'm really slacking on that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and uh, yeah, that's all I got. So cool. Did you see the uh, um, gamma jag that I threw up on my Instagram that I got from you? No. I threw her up on my Instagram. She's nasty. Like it has the pictures her like with her mouth wide open and she's just pissed as hell. So yeah, that her. sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. <it's, laughs> Agreed. So, um, but um, she's up there. But anyway, uh, what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com, check out all the stuff we have going on over there. Um, it might be a little out of date for the babies for sale. Uh, my brother's getting married on Saturday, so everything's kind of all over the place right now. So, oh, that's um, ocelot jag. Ocelot jag. I'm sorry. I don't want to say gamma. Anyway, but I said gamma. Um, but goddamn, she looks evil, man. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so um, the other thing is you can go to Rogue Reptiles on Facebook.com. Check out all the stuff we have going on uh, over there. All the babies that are for sale are up there. Um, and also you can go follow me on Instagram, which is my last name, McIntyre, M-C-I-N-T-Y-R-E-O-J. Uh, follow me over there. I post a ton of snake stuff, and sometimes I get the uh, thing correct. Other times I just make shit up, apparently. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, that's all we have for everybody tonight. Um, thank you all for listening. We're going to catch everybody back here next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night.